0: they took down a whole point because they said it was excessive gymnastics and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Excessive gymnastics? Yeah. That's wild. It was a whole Also, it's a bit excessive, isn't it? <laughs> all right. Are we ready to go? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tally's like, I've been ready. Um, <laughs> see, all right. We've got an hour and a half. Tally needs to be out at 1.30. Let's go. If we're not done by then, she's Max. leaving and we'll finish up without her. Max, finish Max, up Max. Without her. Oh, we want to be before. Mm. All right. Quick, concise hour pod. Everyone speak double time. Hello, welcome to the capsule. (laughs) Um, Well, are we recording? We're recording. We're good. We're live. It's happening. We're here. And we're all friends. Hi, guys. Welcome to the capsule. Um, Let's run that intro, Sophia. Sophia.
2: so you did have permission
1: well yeah i just didn't it was more f- supposed to be for dancing oh got it not for um just talking about the theme tune. yeah it was it was made f- as a pack of different stuff to try out right i see fine um, and i thought it would be a good pod, oh, pod intro i'm sorry
2: fine <laughs> not that sorry it's fine. really good
1: um what's up everyone uh, this is the capsule we are back at the east london dance talent house um so they are hosting us. If you, if you didn't tune in last week, they're hosting us for the next few weeks. Um, massive thanks to them for having us in this beautiful space. Um, and there are plenty of other beautiful spaces. If you need a studio, if you need other stuff, mostly just studios though. Um, but yeah, let's get straight down to business. How the fuck is everyone?
3: Who I'll is everyone?
1: Who is everyone? All right, well, we've got... <laughs> Lee Ricochet Putman in the house. Yep. Artist extraordinaire. Yep. Popper and of all the lockers. Yep. And uh, got a beautiful face. Come on. How are you? Yeah, really good. Sick. <laughs> Woo! Next. <laughs> Firing on all syllables. Um, I did that on purpose. Um, Talladega.
2: Hello. How are you, mate? Really well. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Great. Lovely. What uh, a dancer convo we've just I know, had. Right? <laughs> nice <laughs> How to have are you. B- yeah, good. You. Yeah, and then move
1: on. <laughs> um, nice to have you back in the space, mate. Ooh. You're always a welcome addition to the pod. Reclaiming your seats. Tally you, you know, actually- if I'm
2: here about to dig into some industry related business whoop whoop. or chat shit.
1: Yeah, maybe both. Maybe. Um, and we have a new someone in the producer seat. Um, Sophia. Say what's up, Sophia.
3: Hello. Oh, <laughs> look it. She's got
1: such a like soothing Swiss voice. She's just like, hello. <laughs> um, Sophia is also available to hire as a videographer and to um to sing you to sleep if you need lullabies. Uh, <laughs> this is a stay in your room at night. <laughs> yeah. This is a service that all Swiss, Swiss people offer. Um, Taking a turn, bring it back, bring it back. Okay, bring it back, bring it back. This is why we need Tally here. Um so <laughs> So, where to begin? Let's begin with your side of the my your side of the world. (laughs) More than the three of us, okay, isn't it? Sure, your your industry, agency, ideas, identity, (laughs) yeah, type thing, yeah. All right, so let's let's talk about let's talk. What the segues on this are just fire. They see how smoothly I'm just going. It's not so smooth, is
4: it? No, it's smooth like butter. Oh.
1: I like people to lie to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Dancers Network situation. Um, what's the name of this agency? Zin Zin Arts. Zin Arts and C. and we are going to actually speak to Zin Arts. Um, but what do we know as a prep? Is there any prep that we
2: can pr- prep? Any prep, prep that we can prep? Shall so prep? Prep. Dancers Network posted two days ago. Um, just alerting dancers with red alarm emojis and attention dancers. Um, a lovely canvas, canvas layout. An eight post thread uh, about Zinart's agency offering work with a fee of £10 an hour mm-hmm. for up to 10 hours, saying that it's um, unacceptable and. Yeah, their perspective. Just, I think it was the the situation itself, but then also just trying to encourage dancers to think further ahead than the job in the moment. And yeah, yeah you might want to dance for so and so, but how does it look long term? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Zinarts came back and defended it. Well, said it was a lie, actually, and um, defamation. <gasps> I know. And then. Ding, ding, ding had their say that they paid more than that posted government guidelines about agency work which (laughs) is not what i think they thought it was but we'll talk about it um and yeah just stated their opinion about it all so there's been a little bit of a back and forth Mm -hmm. and as with most issues on the pod that i mean they tend to involve people i just always think it's a good idea to offer said people a chance to speak for themselves rather than us hypothesize and yes. theorize and
1: cool well let's otherizers. yeah Esna is her name <laughs> i believe
2: thought's <laughs>
4: i'm excited to hear what's going to be said
2: Woo! i have no idea by the way what you're about to say you mean you didn't come with a script? I didn't come with a script or a motive. <sighs> uh, just this podcast clear. has
1: always been scripted up till now. Everything you've heard has been scripted. Mm. So shall we call it Esenay, Esenay?
2: Esenay. Lovely. Shall we say it again? Uh,
1: I would love if you would. Hello? Hi, is that Esenay? This is she. Hello. Yeah. Am I pronouncing yeah. that right? Lovely okay I got it right Um, This is Luke yes hi uh, Nice to speak to you Uh, We're currently recording the podcast right now Um, And yeah I'm gonna Maybe more pass you over to my Co-host Chanel she's also called Tally so if you hear us say Tally don't be Concerned that there's an extra person (laughs) in the space
5: I'm
2: an extra person I actually
5: know Tally Oh do you yeah
2: we did Brits together didn't we (gasps) Brits
5: oh my god Not even I remember When we had a massive online conference I don't know if you remember this day and it was discussing the dance
2: industry 2020 yeah when we were all stuck at home yeah (laughs) was it then I think it was Was yeah I think it was um wasn't it surrounding like BLM times and there were loads of us (laughs) I I think it's been a while but did we am I right that we both did the Brits together though
5: for what? I, I wouldn't even know. It, would, you, be
2: it would be some... I thought some we twist. did... Um, I'm not trying to flex, guys. I thought <laughs> we did um, Rihanna together.
5: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I didn't know you personally then. So right, I, right, I think right.
1: Brings that up out of nowhere every time.
5: Oh, did,
2: was it Rihanna that? Was when, it Rihanna? The last any, time I had that any coffee opportunity was when I was done for Rihanna. There were so many of us on it that even people that I've <laughs> seen like a week ago, I'll be like, it was Rihanna when we last saw each other, wasn't it? In two thousand sixteen. Yeah, I said to well, firstly, how are you? Sorry, so rude. <laughs> no, not a
5: problem. I am well, thank you. How are you guys
2: doing? Not too bad. Yeah, I'm no, good. All. Um, I suggested to Luke when this came up and that we'd be discussing it somewhat that it would just be nice to offer I don't think it was necessary to get Dancers Network on the line and get their take because they just stated what they thought to be facts with their opinions but their opinions are their opinions as about how dancers and agents should navigate but I thought that it would be nice to give you an opportunity even though you have counteracted and given your post and stuff, but just to state the situation as you saw it and anything that you thought Dancers dancers United, well, definitely an old thing. (laughs) Dancers Network had said that they shouldn't have or stated that was false and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah,
5: and I do appreciate that. I think even when we put out, um, when my team had sent it to me and we had put it out, it wasn't, and I think this opportunity is fantastic because what has been said has been said. I think for me, the purpose of doing this podcast is to shed light mm-hmm. on a lot of the hidden lack of knowledge that is happening in the industry, especially from an agency's perspective, mm-hmm. because like a lot of creative, dance creative come from a dancer perspective, which is book me, let me be on a job, let me have all this great stuff and yeah, let me go. Mm-hmm. But they've never quite understand what it takes to run a business in the UK to run an Afro dance business Mm -hmm. and deal with not just client requirements but business requirements and trying to also manage supplier expectations Mm -hmm. and I I work in corporate so I work in HR so time I spent in HR has actually allowed me to have a different view in terms of the dance industry I don't view it any different from a workspace anymore right, right. because I feel that, you know, back in the day when we used to have this conversation, myself, Dancers Network, members and stuff, mm-hmm. I used to be the one that'd be like, guys, let's stand together, let's make some clear rules and regulations, but no one really gave a crap. I don't know if you can swear on your platform. Yeah, <laughs> we can
1: swear, don't worry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we've, we've said way <laughs> worse, We're don't worry. Worse,
5: yeah. <laughs> You know, and it was it was very difficult back then, because back then, this is where in Afro world, they were just paying dancers for the dance. And I can remember, the top artists were not willing. And what we were fighting against wasn't just people that weren't being able to pay. It was a mentality. I come from a country whereby when I told my parents I wanted to dance, they looked at me like your mom.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Go and do your investment banking and bounce sit down, you know? And because dance wasn't valued, and it has taken years, and I remember one of this artist management, and I don't want to say artist, I want to refer to artist management, because they're in control. Mm-hmm. It's not an artist. Mm-hmm. And management will say, oh, we only have this budget. And I can remember back then, this same artist management, we had a booking, and it was like they only had a budget of like 100 pounds. And fast forward. Five years later, we're still working together and the last job they did, the dancers were on 1,500. And a lot of people don't understand the blood and sweat it takes to get them out of that Mm mind. Now, the issue I feel dancers face in this industry, and I'm going going to address the the elephant in the room about the whole 10 pounds thing. A couple of years ago, we got to a point where we got tired of providing opportunities, negotiating high upon high upon high rates for creatives, especially dance creatives, for the directors or the management to DM the same dancer and knock us out because the dancer accepted a lower rate. Mm
3: -hmm.
5: We then asked dancers, hey, do you guys want to sign on exclusively to us? If you sign on exclusively to us, we know we are working for you Mm -hmm. and we push rates, but it also protects our business requirements because we still have to pay our lawyers, we still have to pay our our accountants, we still have to pay our team members. It protects us. In a case whereby if you're doing this properly and you're registered to one agency, which is what should be happening, where an agency cannot find you booking because that's the biggest fear of most people, or if I stick to one person, I'm not going to get booked because they might just have a roster of bookings. The job of the agency is to partner with other agencies on your behalf.
2: Is to what? Sorry, I didn't catch that.
5: Sorry, the job of the agency. So the job, if you were exclusively to me,
3: Mm
5: -hmm. if I know this month looks like a quiet month for you, I would go and contact another agency and say, hey, I have this talent. I think they'll be fantastic on your roster. I am currently in a 20% dealing with them. If you guys find the mid-booking, please feel free to take 15% while we hold on to 5%. It's business. We have
2: mm, to Yes. Do-
5: it's not about sitting here and everybody singing kumbaya while everybody's got rent to pay. It doesn't make
2: any sense. Okay, so, can- sorry, just to... um, I'm on a mild time crunch, okay, a mild one, away. and I don't... Like, if there's anything... uh in that realm on like the zoomed out version of events that is pertinent to say please do get it in but can we just like zoom in a little bit to this scenario or if not this scenario not so much agency structure and relationship between agent and dancer but actual rates of pay because that does seem to be what the issue is in this circumstance
5: from my understanding a rate of pay from a government perspective clearly states agencies can pay national minimum wage now this doesn't mean and this all ties in and i don't want us to skip conversation because we're out of time because all this ties in if a client because we have exclusive creators who we negotiate for and we negotiate because they have given us exclusive booking ability right we can negotiate as much as high rates because we trust that they're not going to go behind our backs and try to undercut us as a business, and that's what happens in the industry. It's selfish. So we now do not, as <laughs> in, do not go out of our way to work extremely hard for people that have not exclusively signed to us. It's not fair for those that have exclusively signed to us. It's not fair. Sure. So in that mindset, we have teams. Before when I started, I was doing everything. I am. Um, Over the age, I am fully working. So I've broken up the team into teams so that people can do their job and I can focus on what's important, which is just creatively directing. Right now, when you have a managing director in your team who isn't a dancer, they're gonna make management business decisions based on clientele budget, based on client requirements. Within our team, when that time comes, they make a decision. I'm not involved in that initial decision they can come back to me and say, Esme, okay, we've tried this method. We're within law. We are within law. And that's the key thing. Gagas Network is not law. It's an association that provides a standard, which is a wonderful standard, but it's still a standard and not a law. And they cannot become crucifiers of people that are not within their union. Yeah, their- I do
2: actually agree with your point And it has been a sticking point for me is you know someone having discussions with equity that it's really hard for us to have any base for argument if at the end of the day clients can charge less than what we're suggesting like it's all well and good us fighting the good fight and having an industry standard but if the legality is that they can pay like a third of what we're saying we can only get so far before they turn around and say, well, yeah, lovely, but we're going to pay this amount. My, Sorry, sorry, go on.
5: Can can I land on something? Because I think this is so important. Mm -hmm. When the initial £10, uh, because that's what the budget permitted, right? It was a £10, eight hour day booking. And that's what I read when I went through, just going through all of this now to read through what they had put out and it was 10 pounds for eight hours which was not illegal and that's the first thing we have to understand secondly they said oh ezine by the way creatively what can you move around because few people have accepted a lot of people are saying no because the rate is too low for them so i said creatively i think we should do less rehearsals tell the client we can't do as many songs and we have to work within a budget and what is what can satisfy our suppliers. Which is why we cut down rehearsal, cut down number of songs. Because it's it's a negotiation. It's not, hey, do all of this for me. It's business. And a lot of people are here with their creative kumbaya heart, which is lovely. But we are in a new, we're in an entertainment business. Clients are doing business with us. Agencies are doing business with suppliers. And suppliers are offering a service because they want an income or they want something else in return. And that's all they have. If everyone said, and I remember I had this conversation with Dancers Network when we spoke before, I gave one of the clients the opportunity to go and cast themselves. I gave them a list of emails because I said, this race is just ridiculous and it just cannot be possible. These clients contacted every single dancer. This is what about 60 dancers on their roster for a particular job. And out of those 60 dancers, 40 dancers accepted that booking
2: even after we had
5: said
2: no what does that say okay so the 10 pound for eight hours uh reference that you made and like that being okay and like a you know above board so no it's about above board it is legal i think yeah yeah i mean we can say i mean above borders in like it's technically okay so legal yeah like fine i do accept that that is what it is i'm not trying to act like Mm -hmm. it's i'm not trying to put a right or wrong on it from my standpoint but do you do you have an opinion about that being morally right or wrong in the context of our industry or is it legal illegal and that's the end of your thoughts on the matter
5: I think in this industry, value is a very subjective manner.
3: Mm
5: -hmm. Each person has, um, like I'll take, for example, when I was in a conference with a director and when this started, she went in, went into the bar and said, can I intern um, as a photographer? You don't have to pay me. Is that legal standing. She knew she was going there. She knew exactly what she wanted, and the client also equally took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Now this director is one of the biggest directors in the world. Now the question is, that move that director made at a young age of, you know what, let me step in as an intern, is that, should they be called for that because they didn't, feel, they didn't
2: follow a? authority? Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to get to the heart of your stance on it as opposed to, like, the hypotheticals of it all. And if it helps for me to put my tuppence in the mix, I think that – I don't think that your um, point of view is, like – and not in a way that is judgmental I don't think it's one that hasn't been heard before I've heard it many times before I think what's unique to me in this circumstance is that you're a representative for talent and that you are negotiating on people's behalves and I think
4: the legal point
2: is the legal viewpoint is absolutely right like there's no getting around that it is a thing if I might just
5: sorry it's all right
2: um I just think if you're negotiating on behalf of talent and people exclusively or not are putting their trust in you to act on their behalf in talking to suppliers and clients, for your bottom line to be, if it's legal, then that's a valid jumping point. Then I just, I think that there's something problematic in that. I do also think that what you put in your post about if people say that's not what they want to work for, then that's on them and then you won't get in touch again until the rate is whatever they've said their minimum is. I think that that is a really positive thing to give the control back to the talent. I would just, your viewpoint, that like me hearing it before tends to come from production companies and and again, it is a valid one but I would hope that a talent representative and agent that is a mouthpiece for dance creatives would... I'm not saying you don't want to, but just where you land... land... Sorry, Sorry, I'm really almost finished. (laughs) Please just take (laughs) notes. I do want to hear everything that you're going to say. Like, me as an agent, as much as my bottom line is the industry standard, not the legal standard, and if that does me out of some commission that's a sword I'm willing to fall on and that is just me Um, but that's just where I'm coming from and I think people that have had issue with the situation are coming from it's not about the what is legally allowed it's about us trying to get more than that for our industry and that falling on certain people to uphold that moral and part of the collective that it might bode well to have uphold that moral would be talent representatives
5: okay can i respond to that you
2: absolutely can
5: the first thing i do want to clarify is i am dinner agency is a booking agency if we do not represent you exclusively like i said we represent people exclusively who we go battle in our hand and we are fighting tooth and nail for them and that's because we have an exclusive working relationship with them, and that's our business structure.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: If you choose to want to self-manage or self-represent, that is a choice that you've made. We've never stopped anyone from saying, hey, isn't it, uh, the dinner agency has reached out to us, here is my agency's number, please contact them. We've mm-hmm. never stopped that
3: happening. Mm-hmm.
5: We've also never stopped someone that has said, listen, this doesn't work for me and I'm like well, this is good for you, think about exposure, we've never said that we've never encouraged that in fact, we always say listen, if this is your value and it doesn't, work, this is not your value say no, mm-hmm. that's the stance, but if you're not willing to come on board and work with us so that we can work for you you can't have your cake and eat it too and that's the stance I am on. Mm-hmm. if who are not willing to pass. And this is also for other agencies because all agencies are losing out. I had a, I had a conversation the other night where it was drawn to my attention that there was this massive booking of a, a dancer and she was contemplating whether she, she address it herself or contact an agency. Mm-hmm. And she, she chose, she was having this conversation. She was like, oh, I don't want to send this agency to do it for me because they're going to take 20% and this wasn't about my agency this was another agency and you can see the mindset of doing the work to protect you you still find it difficult to give us just 20 percent for the work and just 20
2: percent is a bit of a reach though because that's like a fifth of the pay so it's not just it is quite a big, so big
5: slice you're at the premium if you're negotiating at the premium, don't forget you're imagining. I don't know if you, do you own a business or are you a sole agent?
2: I think I need to clarify that. I'm the sole agent. I'm the agency manager of Zoo Nation, the Cape Prince company.
5: Exactly. I'm not a sole agent. I have an agency. We have employees. So we are not just one person mm-hmm. who work. It's a team of people that also need to be paid. So it's very technical. And that's why we don't want to put it on anyone to say, oh, I have to do this. No, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. You can fully do it yourself because you feel that you have the knowledge and the experience to do it yourself. So
2: you you are for people self-representing just in relation to the story that you just told about the girl that wanted to do it herself and not give away 20%. I'm
5: happy for you to self-represent, but do not come out and... Crying when that self representation didn't work. When you have a plethora of agencies that you're registered to, there's no dancer that's registered to one agency, there is mm. two or five, six. So mm. you have six to speak to,
2: but you choose not to. Why? Why do you choose not to? I mean, as an agent and a performer, still, I do understand why, because agent and performer relations aren't always the best so I do understand why performers might be hesitant but one would hope that everyone has got at least one that they (laughs) trust but I also think that there's an issue because it sounds like and do correct me if I'm wrong by it being a booking agency that it's more about the finding the work for the talent and like connecting supplier and talent as opposed to representing talent
5: exactly we find the work for you you determine your rate we present what the client is offering you say yes you say no you say forget this fuck this
2: i'm out yeah no i think that's that's a very healthy distinction to make because i think some agencies dress up as representatives and in fact they are just connecting the dots and really in those can in those circumstances in my opinion the commission should be lower because there's not as much of a service being provided it's more like finders finders fee vibes as opposed to like full package representation at the end of the phone when you have an issue and all that jazz like if you just want to go hey supplier here's the talent do they fit the brief great here okay give me my little slice and I'm gonna back out and leave you guys to it like I do think that's an okay way to do it not saying you are or not I'm just clarifying that I think that's fine I just think it's about being very black and white about that being the um setup
5: because anyone that is exclusive to us you have an exclusive contract with us Mm -hmm. anyone that is not exclusive to us you just get a a creative handbook which is just highlighting the terms and conditions on working with us on this project and you go your way and we go our way we're not asking you for anything we are not asking us for anything. We find you work, you do the job. And we are currently working on a contract right now, and the in the same scenario, here's the job. The girl has negotiated for herself. She said, "Listen, I have a contract." I said, "Give us the contract. We'll get it signed off by the client, and we'll pay you your deposit." These are things, and if you don't want us to do it for you and give us money to do it for you, we're not going to do it for free. Mm-hmm. You do it yourself and take all your money yourself but do not expect to have your cake and eat it because this is why the industry doesn't change. There is no strict and clear form of running an agency. And we have just clarified ours. We clarify, if you're not exclusive, you handle it yourself. You can equally speak to an agency to handle it on your behalf. But we will, if you tell us, hey, you're represented, you talk to my agency, we will never contact you. We will contact the agency because that's what you have said
2: sure i've got uh three other people in the room with me as you know okay. no 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 Yo, there's no need to apologize but we before uh recording we did say that it might be useful for the convo so we don't just like narrow ourselves into like a whole of things that we only kn- only we know the meaning of etc cetera, etc cetera, oh, that yeah, they yeah. might have questions or thoughts to throw in yeah, the thing no, or they might be like yeah we're done here moving on <laughs> um, i doubt it's that one but yeah.
1: No, I, I, yeah, I don't think I have <laughs> too much to, um, to add. I think it's interesting because it is, it's one of those things where, yeah, I'm, I yeah, I don't know. It's a whole, there's a f- five or six different topics in there, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah, I do hear, especially on
5: there's the like, just le- thing. It's yeah,
1: not just one- exactly. And I, I do hear on the like kind of what's the legality of it side because it's like, you know. I, I hear both sides, to be honest, with all of this. I, I don't know that I have anything extra to add. I just think it's like there's...
5: Can I ask a question to you sure. guys?
3: Sure, yeah, yeah.
5: Because I'm heavy in the industry. I'm in a niche market. Sure. So my market is we're not doing um, Commonwealth. We're not on that level. We're very yeah. So my question is to you I, I recently did a project with um, Bernard Boy and Wizkid mm-hmm. And on this project I was working with a commercial Choreographer and agency owner As well
3: mm-hmm.
5: And in this project rates were provided I believe on the rate of um, On the rate for music videos I think it's over 400 pounds on Dances Network
2: 412.50 yeah so,
5: yeah. But on this particular job Which was I was brought in as an assistant um on this other job this non-afro because i'm from the afro niche non-afro very commercial accepted less than that
3: for a music video
5: for a music video absolutely Mm -hmm. they also casted so in the casting they had asked me to send people originally for casting i sent in my casting and 10 out of the 10 out of the 20 people i had sent over had already been sent over by them. So there's a duplication there as well. My question is, why do you think this dancers' network representative kind of by person accepted the job lower than the, the standard of dancers' network? Why is that? Especially for an Afro
2: job. Mm. Why is that? I mean, I don't know why you'd think we'd know that, but um, <laughs> I don't know why you'd think we are ex- experts in the field. But as, as you say... everyone is a individual and before going to an agent well it sounds like everyone that was contacted was like self-representing like as much as everyone including agents is made aware of the standards and minimums and all that jazz the same way that you go well it's above minimum wage still so oh, we're gonna supply yeah. it like it's on an individual to make that choice for better or worse as well mm-hmm. if they can't make their rent that month like they're gonna take the music video if you know
5: but can you see how if there is no you know and that's the issue with our industry our industry doesn't have a right or wrong answer it's how do you feel that week yeah well, i mean
2: a- i that felt mildly like an, uh opportunity to throw a jab at (laughs) Dawson's network but we'll let it go I I
1: think my my um sorry my um my thing would be that like I don't think you know you said um uh, our industry doesn't really have like a right or wrong answer I think business doesn't really have a right or wrong answer in general it's like my job if I'm whatever like I'm trying to sell you something my job is to make you pay as much as you can and your job is to pay as little as you can and that's the back and forth and we negotiate till we both are kind of happy yes and someone always most of the time someone always wins and someone always loses and i
2: think as i experienced when dancers united was a thing you kind of get to the point with the red tape surrounding equity and legalities versus industry standards where it has to just turn into a point of you have to kind of cut your losses a little bit I, i think dancers network are getting a little further along in the fight than we did but it just turning into a form of education you can only arm everyone with yeah. the information that is there and just hope that the individuals are making the right decisions i've got a question for you that you uh touched upon it at the very beginning actually and then it, it's kind of come back around again but speaking about afro dance in comparison to commercial dance and it, it is niche and specific but yeah. it's also huge and i'm interested in from your perspective what the difference is in running an agency that deals with that specifically how that is any different or how it's different because it clearly is to a commercial
5: very i think the first we have to recognize and i don't know if a lot of people agree with me there's a difference between doing things with black people and doing things with nigerian people It it's it, it's two worlds apart. <laughs> and, you know, I went, I've been to Nigeria once to work. And in the Nigerian system, they're not paid for rehearsal. That's the Nigerian dance system. Um, they are paid on the day of the show and they are paid about maybe, maybe, let me do an, an actual calculation because I don't even want to miss it. So back then, 32, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Sorry, I'm doing a quick math. (laughs) I know you can't see it. No, it's fine. So they'll be paid £60 for a full day show. Mm -hmm. You can imagine the likes of your biggest artists are not artists that grew up in the UK or have all this understanding. They have been on the clear understanding that Dances are not valued. Dances are not paid. None of that exists. So going from where they're used to paying someone <clears throat> 50 to 60 pounds for a full day show, including rehearsal, right, to trying to convince that just for a rehearsal is 180, mm-hmm. they look at you like, "Are you? are you mad? And it's difficult because when you're when you're with them, you are you 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 know them, so you know how they work. So if you're smart, you're going to work around them and help them come slowly. And this is why for the clients that are paying what they pay now, it's been an uphill battle
3: mm-hmm.
5: that I've pushed for years and years of sweat. But for it to, you know, you know, I gave an opportunity more recently to uh, a choreographer. The very first time they were given that opportunity The next thing this creative did Was go behind the the business back To speak to the client And ask the client that Oh, they're willing to do the job Think of years of investment That years
2: of trying to get that And we get that return It's not fair Yeah, I mean, what comes to mind In that uh, it 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 sounds like a like a contract that I've got as um, a choreographer is like it makes me think of a royalty where it's this but then when we recoup this much you'll get an increase and if we recoup that much you'll get this increase and it's like yeah okay we'll do it for a hundred pounds this time but working to like after 12 months it will be this after 24 months it will be this and like something in pay on paper that alludes to what you are fighting for which is to eventually get it to be a certain thing I, like i'm sorry that that happened to you um no, but-
5: it's business and that's what i have to learn that you when you're in here doing this and you you have and that's the thing like i'm i have the best intention but i'm no longer a stupid business owner that's the only thing i'm no longer leading my business based on oh let's all hold hands and think on by I am leading my business based on clear directives. Do you want to be exclusively represented so that we work hard for you? Yes or no? No, no worries. You work hard. So when
2: you like refer to the holding hands and Kumbaya thing that you've said a few times, like that in relation to what we're talking about is what exactly?
5: So I recently had a chat with Dancers Network a couple of weeks ago or months ago actually and I was trying to give them an insight to how because they were saying that oh dinough agency, we you know we really want you to come on board and all of that. And I said, Okay, conversation, send me at least four or five years now, right? Or this Dancers United first and then Dancers Network and we've been having this chat and I wanted to ask, what is it that you, you're you're confirming is on paper that even if it's not legal in terms of the government. But as the unit of the Afro dance world, we are agreeing. The Afro dance world is very small. I can name every single creative agency owner in with my hands. I know everybody. And I said, why is it that we cannot agree that, listen, we put every dance that I gave them, I said, all Afro they should register on the Dancers Network or now that they have Afro Dancers Network. Let all of them register. Every single creative, head of creative, so choreographers, agency owners, are signing that they will only Afro Dancers who are registered in this network to work on those grounds of that pay rate. Till today, no one has agreed to that. Why is that?
2: No one meaning suppliers. Sorry? When you say no you one's agreed them, to it, do you mean suppliers or uh, talent? Sorry,
5: no agency owners. It's not for the talent too because ah. we are of the booking.
2: Yes. Okay. We got you. In,
5: so I was saying, okay, you, you with your crew, you with your crew, you with because your, you're all getting bookings. If you're still going under the facade of oh, I'm just a dancer, you're casting people indirectly. We all agree that. This is the standard rate that we're going to work on. We are signing. But we are also agreeing that all the dancers that are trained and professional will register under this network so that we are under the same badge. And we know at a point when we are booking, we are only booking from there. If a dancer comes to me and says, oh, Esne, I want to be, I'll say, oh, you have to join this. So make sure you read the documents, read the rules so that you are, we are all under the same rule. I remember having this, and this is literally three months ago. Mm-hmm. And everybody, it was the Afro dancers that said, oh, no, 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 that's too complicated. Why? It is something clear, something logical, and something that gives clear, concise control into a small niche market that we can control. But they don't want it because everyone is clearly in competition with everyone and no one wants to laugh. On top of that, I sent a book in because now I just send you the contract and ask you your rate." I sent a booking to another agency, Afro agency owner, po- very popular. I said to her, "Hey, this is the booking directive. This is what we need. How much do you charge?" She said, "I will pay for me. I will be charging a thousand five hundred, and for my dancers, they will earn two hundred. No lie."
3: Right
5: now, this is my industry. This is not. <laughs> this is the people I deal with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, nothing is stopping anyone unless you have something signed. I, I, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in legal mental state. I'm in a business state. If nothing is written and signed, we have no ground. Yes, I hear asking it. Asking for something to be signed. By asking for things to be agreed as a unit, why is everyone deflected? But Dances Network has the cheek to want to do Condemn with the fact I don't have that energy because I've given you remedy on remedy, but you've chosen not to do it. You've chosen not to gather, but you're quick to condemn. I'm not about it.
2: I think that you have arrived (laughs) at a really solid not conclusion because it's a very nuanced topic. But you bringing it back to the situation at hand feels to us like a decent place to close the convo for now if that is okay with you
5: no, that's why i have to go um back to work crack anyway. on with
2: business, <laughs> um but i i hope you felt that you got to um speak your piece it was definitely educational from my perspective and i'm glad that um you were around to chat i'm yeah. not the host of this pod so i'm gonna throw it back to
1: luke <laughs> no, now but you are thank a you, host, a co-host. i appreciate it yeah thank you so much for calling in we appreciate appreciate
5: that no thank you guys for giving the opportunity and i hope the conversation is continues being had um but i also hope people are taking the opportunity to educate themselves sure. in this, area, but also recognize that businesses exist and businesses need to function yep. and it works for everyone not just for dancers
1: yeah uh, i think that's uh yeah i think and especially i think the conversation and the uh you know i always say that like stuff on instagram is always hard to like get fully deep into the conversation so mm-hmm. i think these type of things are good when we can fully explain ourselves and uh get those points across but yeah thanks so much for calling in i hope the rest of the day goes well
5: no you two guys have a lovely day and thank you again thank
2: no you problem. so much See you soon, soon.
1: Bye. Bye. cool
4: slow
2: blink from lee <laughs> <laughs> yo
1: man what's
4: going on processing <laughs> that's the longest
1: i've ever not talked for sorry in my life no i'm joking it's fine it, potential jesus uh, <laughs> Sophia. dense you, you do you're doing an eight hour job for 10 pounds an hour
0: uh, uh <laughs> wait you mean like a dancing job yeah mm. would you take it now
1: yes now you as today right now how much money you have in your bank account
0: like right now right
1: today like <laughs> the amount that is, is showing up on your monzo right now uh, are you taking that job
0: yeah after coming back from the u.s right now yeah i was definitely take
1: that job. <laughs> sorry, guys. so this is this is i guess the thing and then not to go too deep back into the conversation is like how do you someone in our position convince someone who's broken young like sorry no offense <laughs> to <laughs> to not to not take those jobs do you know like, what I, mean?
2: I don't want anyone to like guilt trip anyone Into not doing the work But yeah. if you know that it's supposed to be 180 And that you're going to work for 80 At least Like that's going to feel a bit shit Yeah, And hopefully it feeling a bit shit Means that you won't be doing that forever
1: Yeah as as much as you can not do it like Yeah it. like you've got
2: to pay your rent You need to buy a fit like get it But hopefully the knowledge that you're supposed to be getting Like two and a half Times that will be like oh, i have to right now, but you're not just gonna be like skipping to work like winning because you know that's <laughs> not ideal. Yeah, yeah. Um and that will hopefully be the start. Like it's it is really hard. And I like I get what she's saying. Yeah. To do du- like I do understand it, the legalities of it and that's why it's so tricky to get better. I just think like I said to her, it's just a bit unfortunate that it's an agent that thinks yeah. that way but again if she sees herself as a booking agent because when she posted that government thing about like what is essentially like a like a temping yeah, agency yeah, yeah, type yeah. thing no one really sees dance agents like that but if that's how she sees her just as the conduit between yeah supplier and um talent then unfortunate but sure yeah i hear what you're saying because it's like we hope that agencies like
1: like who's right communicating
2: it To the suppliers if it's not you. If you're the conduit between the two and you're like, yeah, we'll do it, when are they ever going to receive the information that it's supposed to be three times more?
1: And I guess that's the whole point of having an agent is that they have your back with these things. Like, um, I mean, Nad's has done that for me when I wasn't even on a job for her. Like, Mm -hmm. I was on a job for someone else and she was like, right, here's all the things. And I was like, what does this mean? And she's like, right, here's what that means. Here's how you do this, whatever. But Mm -hmm. I guess the fact that, like, if you're someone's agent is like, if there's a problem like they're offering too little money or they're offering some sort of workplace like you know they're saying do this and you feel uncomfortable or whatever your agent is the one that's supposed to come in all guns blazing and ride for you with a bit more power and experience and maybe some legal documents uh mm. at hand to defend you mm. um and i guess that's kind of what mo- i would imagine is more the fight here is not so much oh this um well maybe that's the like bigger topic is like it's not oh you tried to give a job to people that was less it's like you as an agent are supposed to be writing for, like we know these clients and this is where the business side comes in because it's like anyone that's anyone in the world that has money is trying to keep as much of it as possible and give away as little of it as mm-hmm. possible and anyone that doesn't have money or is looking for work is trying to get as much possible while doing the least amount possible like that's what we were, you know it's like we all want a higher hourly rate for mm-hmm. less work you know mm-hmm. um so that's always the back and forth but the idea being is that the business uh that the agents are the ones that are supposed to come in and go look we're not necessarily money motivated obviously everyone is but like we're trying to ride for you kind of thing so that you can get more and also you can be happy with the service because also the agent i guess would work on the other way for the client uh for the yeah for the client so if your dancer did some bullshit at a job mm. The the agent is the one that would go like it wouldn't be the client saying well you were rude to this person and you it would be like mm-hmm. we're going to pass this on to the agent and the agent would say to the dancer listen we need to have a meeting mm-hmm. so it's like they're the ones doing all the mediation and if the person doing the mediation doesn't have the right standards then you can't really trust all the do you know what i mean because the agent is the one saying trust me this is fine <laughs> yeah. and it, so then you kind of are like oh well, yeah 10 pounds an hour is fine and then you realize oh shit it's not
2: it sounds more casting agency like to me
1: yeah and I think, you know, again, maybe it's just a misunderstanding of, like, we all want an agent to do one thing, and then they're like, no, well, we're this type of agent. We're just going to give you the thing. And- yeah,
2: and I think it is on talent somewhat to have that conversation with an agent, like, what is the exchange here? Yeah, yeah. And not just because it says agent, just assume that it's, like, a full luxury package of representation yeah, yeah. because it really might not and, be. Because what you said as well
1: is, like, if you're not doing all that riding on my behalf, then I'm giving you less of a
2: percent. Yeah, you're not getting like just twenty percent. It's like just yeah, twenty percent. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Yeah.
1: yeah, plus you're paying taxes and all that.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, like on that, on the twenty percent thing being a lot of money. Yeah, like relatively, it is mm. right. But like, if we're doing the thing of like uh, having one kind of mindset of like, yo, look, you're getting eight pound for a job when you know you could be getting one eighty right, mm-hmm. we're comparing it to what could be. Mm-hmm. Right? So I come from obviously I'm part of the fine art world now. Mm-hmm. Like a standard uh percentage, like is anywhere between thirty to fifty. From from the agency. From mm-hmm. the from the gallery they're taking. Mm-hmm. Like you can look, like a gallery could take up to seventy percent. Wow. and it's considered fine. Not fine, but it's considered like all right, we have That's to kind of put up with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you could be Like if we're we're looking at if we're looking at the same thing, like from my perspective, it's like, yeah, (laughs) you'd
1: kill for twenty percent. Yeah, at least in art. Like, (laughs) yeah,
4: but is that
2: reflected in the price?
4: Depends if you are good enough or not.
3: Mm.
1: Also, it might depend on the services that an art agent provides versus the services that a dance agent provides. If that makes sense.
4: Yeah.
3: So,
1: like, if the art agency is also kind of acting is i don't know like they they're doing more stuff and they that's how they justify 50% whereas a dance agency is like yeah 20% is a lot because we're only getting this much for it if you know what i mean
4: yeah i mean that would work like 20 years ago but now you got the internet it's like like the like the mad thing is that these galleries got too far into it but these galleries will will have a, these percentages and they won't have as much influence on the market mm-hmm. as they did before right so like like there are some galleries that will do charge 35% and they would do zero mm-hmm. Like it's just
2: because it's hanging in their
4: gallery or it's just because it's online on their platform right. they're not even actually hosting it at all right right and it's yeah so it's like not to justify the fact that you can take a fifth of someone's pay but <laughs>
2: i think also worse. when it's a fifth of not much mm. like if a gallery's got your art hanging for like half of what you think it's worth and then they're taking a slice of it mm. it's like come on man but in art like if you're only going to negotiate £80 for me then, for the day then the and 20 then take reasons. 20%, it's like,
1: okay.
3: Because,
1: mm. yeah, I guess if you say you were like, oh, I valued this painting, like, I want to charge a grand for this. And then they were like, no, no, we're going to put it in our gallery for thirty grand, and then we're going to take 50%. You're like, hmm, okay, well that's a lot. But also you're selling it for more than I was going to say. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're yeah, yeah. getting both of us more money than... I would have, whereas I guess it would tell you saying it's like, you're making me less money than I thought. I was. You're taking get a cut
2: of like on my a own, paltry sum. Um, <laughs> paltry. Also, there was something in like, I wanted to ask her, so do you work harder for the, like do you charge your exclusive and non-exclusive talent the same commission? Because it sounds like you ride really hard for your exclusives. Yeah. And like eh, for the people that are in and out. Which I kind of get. But do you, yeah, but if you take the same amount off of them, then no, not so much. Um, how come? I don't think if I don't provide the same service, I can't charge the same. Oh yeah, yeah. Amount. So you're it's like yeah, giving a fee for a different. Like if I. But then I get twenty percent of a grand and twenty percent of five hundred. Like it yeah, is still so a then sliding it's percentage. Because if it was like oh, we're gonna charge, we're gonna take not that she charge twenty percent necessarily, p- sure. but
1: but if you're like I'm gonna take a hundred pounds from whatever job you get then that's but if it's 20 percent, and then you're saying that the people who aren't exclusive to you are getting less money that means you're getting less money from them and you're getting more money from the ones you're signed for i guess it kind of should in in theory like scale in the right places i guess
2: yeah maybe mm-hmm. um Soz to anyone that isn't interested in this topic at all, because we've been here for a while. <laughs> if you've just skipped to this time code, welcome yeah, to the you're council. not really doing time codes anymore, are you? Well, thanks for saying that on the podcast. <laughs> you can edit it out. No, I'm joking. I'm not, no. Why? Um, I,
1: I'm going back and forth. To be completely transparent with you, I'm just trying different stuff to see what works and what doesn't and the mm-hmm. feedback I get. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, some, like, even with the promotion and with the type uh, pod. <sighs> With the time codes and I don't know just different with the thumbnails, I'm just trying different things mm. to see what affects what, so um, but I know a lot of people do like the time codes, yeah um, so she'll bring that back, I think, because that is the feed that's 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 feedback I'll take down right now um, but yeah, a lot of people have said about the time mm. codes I just want to see
2: I mean obviously ideally everyone's listening to the whole or yeah. watching the whole thing, but yeah that's what I was kind of
1: wondering is like if I don't put the time codes yeah what happens is it more encouragement for Mm -hmm. everyone to just tune in for the whole thing and if the views stay the same Mm. because the spotify oh no the spotify does have time codes as well but maybe some of the other listening platforms don't so i'm like okay is it people will just listen to the whole thing and then see what they see Mm. or they is it like an advert when they look at the time codes oh this is what i'm getting but yeah just trying stuff out basically no real um rhyme or reason for that lovely (laughs) um so yeah basically i'm going to take 20 percent of all your pay for this podcast um so i'm left with a grand sum of nothing
2: <laughs> um sophia how was arizona
0: it was hot was it it was very very hot are you wearing a t-shirt Woohoo!
2: yeah she's of course wearing a t-shirt but she's wearing a t-shirt
0: with um arizona <laughs> you
1: <on> finally it. <laughs> showed up to pod with a t-shirt on jesus um tell us what were you there for what was going on
0: Went to HHI to represent the UK with Unity UK Boom, boom, boom. Hip Hop International World Championship. Wow. How did you guys do? Uh, we actually did very well. We placed 13th in Sick. the adult <clears> category out of 44 groups.
1: So you're 13th best in the world right now, sitting in the room with me. Oh my God. Oh I know, my God. God. <laughs> No, no. You, can, you know what? Double your salary. Double what you're getting paid right now. You can have it. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> What's two times nothing (laughs) um
0: yeah um that's like good though yeah it was what category is that adults so that's over 18 and between five and nine people in a group sick
1: okay and who else was there from uk uh
0: there was dark angels
1: we spoke about them didn't we that was no you weren't here for that who do Uh, i speak about i'm not
0: sure they won the florida competition like a few months are they the
1: ones that have the tv show
0: Uh, yeah they did something for e4 like a documentary Mm.
1: they're from bristol i think i
2: never watched that in the end i also
1: similarly did not i i
2: I want to though uh
0: yeah they came 19th too so they did really well too let's
1: see that little subtle flex like yeah they didn't place as high as us but yeah i
0: didn't say that
1: (laughs) they came a few places below us but they did really good
0: No, but it was a mess because they they got like a lot of deduction points and they had to make like a whole procedure with the competition because basically they had like a lot of tricks in their sets okay and they they took down a whole point because they said it was excessive gymnastics and stuff like that <laughs> yeah.
1: excessive gymnastics
3: yeah that's wild it was
1: a whole mess. also it's a
4: bit excessive isn't
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah this gymnastics is also uh, yeah, am i out of line if i say that that's surprising that that happened at hhi excessive gymnastics at hho what is that
2: like i'm sure they've got like a maximum amount you can mm. do because there's so there's what very is there specific a s- criteria yeah there um, was- but i mean like
1: just from the outside i'm like what is the limit or like is the limit not 95 percent of your set now right <laughs> no right. i might be right. in a dick
4: uh, i haven't seen it in about a decade so I. yeah, yeah, yeah that's
1: true yet. also i haven't seen it in mm. a long time but i'm like, like cheer squad yeah there's a bunch of flips 24 7 in these sets so i'm mm. like what is their limit that they, what did they do to exceed that there's just one guy no, doing honestly. somersaults for the whole set <laughs> so all right he needs to stop
0: <laughs> no but when you do like flips every eight or you roll on the floor to do every transitions, like it's just too much and <laughs> excessive
1: <laughs> gymnastics is such a, a backhanded like
0: <laughs> yeah that was a uh, impressive skill but
2: yeah too much yeah two sorry. rolls yeah. too many that was yeah really yeah
0: no but it's just when uh, there's a moment where it just like comes to be like cheerleading and yeah. like they just throw people like to the roof like every five seconds and you're just like okay it's called the first time but now it's just a bit too much yeah fair but enough there was a lot of problems with many groups like mm. that got so many dedu- there's one group from france in um category mega crew which is from nine to 40 people mm-hmm. 40 uh, people is yeah. so many it's quite yeah. a wide range that's as a well. small nine than- to 40 <laughs> yeah <laughs>
3: Like the first you, you've round, got eight?
1: No, forty-one. No, <laughs> that's one too many people. Yeah, sorry, go on <laughs> Like, why stop there? Um, yeah, sorry.
0: Um, no, they are just like. The first round, if they didn't have that deduction from the the gymnastics, this is the thing, French crew. No. Yeah, yeah, the okay. French crew. They would have came second, but they placed 25th. Holy shit!
1: Yeah. Whoa! Because of excessive gymnastics. It,
0: it, because of them and the uh, Dark Angels, like everyone, all the groups that got the deduction, like went to like the um, HJI thing, and like Unblamed. everyone went. Through, yeah, everyone went through, and they cancelled that deduction for everyone. Oh. It was a mess. That is dramatic. Nice. What as in like took it back?
2: Or like like, gave it back kind of thing Like
0: they gave back the point, But like points in HHI They only rate like from 0 to 10 So 0.01 could change your placement Mm. So when you give it back a whole point It's Where was the documentary crew for this? I judged I don't I'm sure it was a
2: HHI Qualifier Maybe it was a World of
1: you judged world of dance Dance in italy
2: no? yeah but i'm trying to think of it was in italy as well but it was just a bit more specific and there was like a head judge there and it was very tight tightly done instruction i'm like these like tenth of a points thing like how do you yeah like i don't know like whole numbers (laughs) half a point at the most but getting into the naught point naught that's very like ticky. ones of it all is
1: 0.01 is a wild like you're like, hmm,
2: that person mm. was
4: not. Oh, that's serious. You can actually yeah. grade someone 0.01. Like, or
2: better. like that fraction. That's going to be like
1: 8.21 and then, oh no, yeah.
4: 8.22. Like. Mad. Like, numbers are obviously arbitrary when you're scoring someone anyway, but yeah. how can you be like, no, that's exactly. an 8.21? And no, that's an 8.46.
1: The yeah. angle, you're <laughs> like, well, that foot was clearly at a 47-degree angle. Wild. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> They're
4: there with rulers and protractors,
1: like, watching the...
2: I feel like there's something in all having to watch, like, five or ten sets on telly, mm. like, before judging, just so the adjudicators have a sense of we talked about this last week that's what udo does because oh do they know so, well when... do, that wasn't a do they now <laughs> that was a like do they do that now because like the first crew that i watch i always feel quite sorry for because like you're my benchmark yeah. mm. and then you've of, kinda... and then it goes wild not wild from there but it goes from there
1: well what they did when i did udo training was like They kind of talk you through the whole syllabus, Mm -hmm. uh, not syllabus, criteria Mm -hmm. and all that. And then they, once they've kind of explained everything and you kind of ask any questions you want or whatever, they, John Graham did my training Mm -hmm. and it's like, they play you like four or five sets. I think some of them are supposed to be like tens or really high. Some of them are supposed to be low and a few in the middle. And then they say, right, like in your paper, mark out how you would mark these people. And then we show it and then they
2: say, well, why did you give that? Why did you give that? Let's kind of see. I mean, it's i mean i get it, it as criterion very specific it's like rights and wrongs in there isn't there yeah but to be like that should that should score highly it's like well i thought it was rubbish <laughs> yeah but that's just but not guess, how those comps work no is but i it? think it's i mean like, this
1: is the whole thing we had last week where we were talking about judging but i think it's more that you do it within the criteria so if you hmm. say you know i think their composite of oh, whatever their composition was shit or they only did one style or they yeah. didn't do any transitions. Yeah. And like as, as long as you've gone through and if your opinion is like, like that, but you've considered all the different categories, mm. then it's like, all right, well at least, you know, we can find you. Cause there was some that I differed from the judges that in the training quite wildly, uh, not wildly, but by a fair few points. And then when I explained it, they were like, oh, okay, fair enough. Like they didn't necessarily agree or change theirs, but it's mm. like, it wasn't, oh, you're not, you're, d- you've considered this stuff. It was stuff. based on the yeah.
2: criteria. You were a do weren't you?
4: Yeah, are we not hearing more about HHI? I what, don't what know. What would you like to know about HHI? That's what I want to know.
2: Yeah, go on. Contribute.
4: Yeah, no. I How
1: know. much did you drink?
0: Um, uh, oh, it gets
2: nuts there, doesn't it?
4: Was it wild?
0: What do you mean wild?
1: <laughs> She's like one or two bit. Or well, we, me and Lee, I'll tell you something, mate. When we went to Vegas, we were drinking till nine in the we morning. Were we, we were drinking. We were drinking. Yeah, we got turned all the way up. Um. <laughs> He had
2: three pints, that means.
1: No, no, <laughs> no, but, like, com- you know how my- I handle my drink. We were legit, like, drinking, drinking. That right. was, like, one of the only times I've gotten that and about, maybe, which was a mistake. But, um, like, there was one point where someone, like, we were in a hotel room with, like, maybe, like, 20 people and the first year. And, like, someone mm. opened the things, and it was, like, daylight, and people were, like, going to breakfast and stuff. And we were, like, what's happening? And they were, like, it's 9 a.m. And we were just, like, still... Yeah, which I don't do anymore But I was 18 It
4: was um, amazing Did you do that?
0: I didn't do that Do you personally. drink? At all? Yeah I, okay. I drink But, but not like not, not, not all of us were uh, 21 So it was a bit uh, tricky
1: Oh yeah I mean So see <laughs> <us> either <laughs> We just did it in the hotel room When we
4: went It was in a, a big resort Was yours yeah. in one place?
0: Yeah yeah It's like It's the same concept Like in a resort The competition is in a resort cool. And then They should do the final in arena But this year They were kind of broke So it was just in the same room <laughs> this
1: year they were kind of broke that's hilarious brilliant sick and um who won
0: uh in adults it's thailand group called awesome from where thailand thailand okay fair that are really good at breaking yeah yeah
4: did did you like them
1: Um, That's. I was thinking. I was like, the way she's saying it is
4: like she's
2: holding back a personal
4: opinion. They were good at something. They were
2: (laughs) technically excessive (laughs) gymnastics.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, they they were good, but I I honestly I didn't even watch them live because we were dancing every time, and then finals there was like a bit mess, confusion, and Mm. people couldn't actually watch it live. It was Mm. yeah, Mm. Uh, but I watched the qualifiers and did the same set, and yeah, it's just they're like. Technical stuff that I don't really understand. Why would they go through? But
1: would you mean like technical stuff of breaking?
0: Like f- for example, I feel like their popping was just not like technically like correct. Oh, like
1: why would you do those techniques if you can't do them? Mm. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like they were doing it doing it in the wrong way. If that makes sense. Mm. But yeah, I guess it was just performance Fucking and energy. Cash over, eh? No, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they uh, won that category so cool
2: is it weird to do the same set twice like having it as their qualifier and then doing it again in the final like is that um a done thing
0: i mean i guess they didn't have the exact same one but like i mean you need to work with one thing to make it better because if you keep changing it then it's not gonna yeah true like we had the same like concept and same choreos but we build on it if that makes sense to make it fit the criteria because they really have like a a lot of criteria like you need to do like minimum freestyles you need to do like for work levels you need to travel you, like there's so many stuff you need to take account so really
4: well as in
1: they demand that of you
4: yeah
1: wow that Well, like, at least you're marked on how like they're not saying you have to do level but they're like mark out of 10 on the levels mark out yeah. of 10 on the transitions
4: well oh, but you're saying okay. like you do have to do a minimum of freestyles
1: oh yeah that a minimum part so. that's really But I guess with stuff like levels transitions, stuff like that it's not a minimum of it's a You just need to do a mark out of ten it. on how good it was. But even but yeah. the
4: fact that any of it is even prescriptive yes, yeah. like, is is a bit wild to yeah, me. Yeah, we
1: had a big old debate when we were yeah. on a job about this, about the idea of them demanding styles from you because it's like mm. <sighs> not to wild. necessarily start the debate again, but like about why the The debate we had came from Sophia kind of saying to me, like, how come freestylers don't really love HHI or don't really kind of respect it as much as maybe the people in it do? And I was saying a lot of times it's because of us looking at it and seeing them doing, like, if you go to, like, a choreo competition or whether it's Dancer's Delight, whether it's, like, um, whatever – you see people doing choreo and you're like, okay, oh, yeah, that's choreo. But when you look at HHI or sometimes even UDO, but less so UDO, but with HHI specifically, you see like a popping or it's supposed to be like a popping set, a locking set, a breaking set. And we're like, oh, you're clearly trying to do the stuff that we're doing, mm. but you're not like delving into it deep enough to be able to do it. It's just like the bare minimum of that style. And this is where like me and Sophia are going back and forth. She cussed me out. But like, <laughs> just to say my opinion on that, but Oof. I think it's, because it's like, oh, you have to do minimum three styles, people aren't like, oh, well, we're a... Like, if let's say if um, uh, Primal Instincts entered HHI, they couldn't just go and smash it like they would at Battle of the Year and just do a breaking showcase and kill it because they're super strong at one style. Um, They would have to to find two other styles. And when you want to enter, and especially if, like you know of course you can not enter if you don't want to but if you want to enter it's like well all right well we're just gonna have to fucking throw together two other styles and make it look good enough and that's kind of i think where some people don't like what they see because it's like you you might be like you said they're strong at breaking but it's like, why are you doing these other styles because the competition forces you to Mm. which doesn't really it it doesn't as long as you can get away with it it doesn't really encourage you to really give a shit and delve deep into the style i don't think
4: Mm. do you know what i mean yeah and is there a reason that they demand that of you like do they justify what they say like it's th- to promote street dance or something yeah
0: i think i think that's the whole point because they want to like like i guess like force people to like like i don't know learn more about styles and like just be involved in the hip hop culture cuz i
1: guess if you're saying it's the uk hip hop uh, no not uk um hip hop international yeah it's like kind of saying uh i'm trying to think of a good example but it's like if you're going to determine ugh, i'm going to butcher this but like you're going to determine the best uh, painter, let's say. Yeah, go on. So you need, it's like, right, you have to display like three or four different techniques within mm-hmm. painting so that you have, We show like one of the criteria might be that you have range as a painter. So, which is, I agree or disagree in the way of judging. Yep. It's like, that might be their reasoning is like, we want to see that you can not just, you're not just strong at one thing. We want to encourage you to delve into other stuff. Interesting. I don't necessarily agree with that because yeah. it doesn't actually encourage anything, but just getting the style on the stage yeah do you know what i mean it's just like and we went through this imagine if tally just left and didn't say anything
2: <laughs>
1: um yeah so i think it's like well we did it like with um when we were doing hhi stuff it's like we did um other styles that it's like okay even for that we had more knowledge than most of the people do you know what i mean it's yeah. like we did lock-in but it's like you were training with um flexi stew prior to that in order to get some like locking knowledge and so Uh, being coming from freestyle backgrounds we kind of had a little bit more care of like okay we can't just throw a lock-in routine on stage but that is what a lot of the groups do
0: i don't agree with that okay hit me uh just because like we all learn those styles and if you do it in the wrong way it's going to show if that makes sense
1: yeah, but you're talking about, sorry, I, I know we've had this debate, so I already know where you're going, That's but fine. I'll let you. I <laughs> will let you.
0: I mean, I don't know, like, when when you look at, like, all the, like, Japanese people, Canadians, like, they're all, like, on point, and they're locking and popping is great. So I feel like it just depends who you learn from.
4: Is it Apple? Yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: USB-C, I do oh. have a
1: charger, yeah, in my bag. I ain't cutting this out. No, you're with us live and direct, people at home. <laughs> Feel what it's like To be in the room Feel the ambience <laughs> um, Yeah continue Sorry
0: But like It's just like It depends on Who you learn from And like If you don't do it can Do it in the correct way Then it's not gonna show Like you're not gonna Place right basically Yeah But also the thing With HHI is that It's not only based On your skills Like Like basically Out of 10 they It's 5 points For performance And 5 for skills And there's Judges only for performance And judges only for skills mm-hmm. So like You could le- Like earn a Shit point of like Uh, like a shit point of like performance, but like have like bad points in skills and performance will take over. So that's why it's a bit messed up.
1: Yeah, and I think this is the thing, it's like you say, okay, so say you do pop in, let's say, and you don't um know the style and you don't um Mm -hmm. practice it or learn it properly, you just kinda throw anything on stage. You're saying, Well, that's fine because you won't progress through the like you won't do well in the competition, right? Yeah. Which is true, but let's say the top like, like how many people entered hhi worlds like how many crews were there in total
0: in total i don't know like, like over 100 there was like th- yeah, yeah definitely 30, 30 countries so. okay
1: 30 countries so let's say at like maybe 100 maybe 200 crews yeah. out of that the people that place well is what like top 10 in each category so yeah. that's like 30 crews so the majority of people are doing that you, like badly do you know what i mean like, if you, if you don't look about the success and the failure, if you look at everyone that's entered and everyone that's been asked to fit this format, there's, let's say, maximum 30 crews that learn those styles correctly because they've progressed, let's assume. Like, that's why they've progressed, because they've learned the styles. And out, after those 30 that have done it properly, there's 200 that haven't done it properly. So you're encouraging the majority to not.
0: Yeah, but they're going to go nowhere.
1: Yes, in the competition, but as a as a cult, not a culture, but like as a um, the message it sends. If you're entering HHI year after year after year, you might not go anywhere, but you're you're not doing you're not learning the styles.
4: No, Wait, are you arguing for their idea that you should do more styles? No, I'm arguing against. And you're arguing for it.
0: Yeah, I f- she's like, saying I mean, it's not If I not didn't do a HHI, I would have never learned locking. Like,
4: yeah,
1: I and I think know. this is kind of i do see the other side to my thing because i've heard this about various different issues where it's like if at the end of the day more people are exposed to different things isn't that a positive like a net positive at the end even though it's the first step is not necessarily the deepest but you those people who do care delve more in and then become lockers or become hip-hop or
4: what's your I'm just lost. Sorry. So you're saying it's a net positive to see more styles.
1: I'm saying that's the opposite. To, like I do see that side of
4: it. Okay, but you're saying uh, sorry, are you saying that it's a good thing that they demand you do multiple styles in the in the in the cruise?
0: Mm, I think so because it brings just like diversity and also like we know that when we when when you get there like everyone is doing like like locking for like every every group is doing locking like <laughs> that's like the main style there literally yeah that is crazy right um and i find it super cool um like it's just cool because it pushes you to like compete against others that are like so good that i would not compare myself to someone that doesn't know how to lock properly mm. like i would compare myself to like uh the canadians or the japanese because right. they're so insane you,
1: so even if you're, you're saying like even if the people that aren't doing the styles well they are also seeing good people in there so they're going and going i'm trying to do this thing yeah. and there's an example of someone that does it well mm-hmm. so if ever they're going to be inspired to care about a style it's like that's better than just seeing it from a distance and being like oh that's cool over there
0: yeah and also like i said i feel like if you don't do it correctly and you come back every year and you still don't do it correctly you're just not going to progress in the competition it's not going to bring you anything you're just going to lose money from going there every year <laughs> so yeah. and how yeah. long are the sets the two minutes uh, adults, two minutes. Mega Crew, four minutes. Okay. Right. Yeah, two yeah. minutes, freestyles.
1: I guess, put it in our context, con- Context: would it benefit battlers if every time you wanted to enter a battle, you had to do, you had to enter yeah. three of the, st- like you couldn't just enter a style, you had to enter all of the styles. Would that end up benefiting the scene? I actually think it might.
4: Yeah, maybe, but my, I think like my only gripe with it is is that it's a necessity. Like, yeah. I, Like mm. I think you can get the same, or better results without forcing people to do uh, to, to do multiple styles, right? So I think you should have the option to do as many styles as you want, right? You like, can do more. Yeah, of course, want. right? And but I, is it
1: like you would say you can get points for, if you do multiple styles, you're getting points for variety or uh, range?
4: I don't personally, it's not, range isn't something that I value across, like being able to do more things. Okay, It's about, for me it's about how well you do the thing that you are doing mm-hmm. so range within a style for me it may be but for me it's more about the quality of movement yeah. like things that we all value like composition spatial arrangement or whatever like those types of things like how like you being able to move like to do locking poorly and popping poorly and house poorly and then breaking well for me is I'm like all right yeah i can do locking poorly and house poorly <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. and it. You're like it's like it, it like it doesn't it's not for me it's not something that i think is is a way to do it if the, the best way for me, I think, I, I think that you can promote people to do other styles well is to have workshops across the whole event, mm, yeah. like just to have people that do the styles well and then promote those things and then have the people that, I don't know, that learn this, that do this sets well, that the expert breakers from Thailand or whatever. Um Talk it up as well Be like yeah man I learned from that guy Blah blah mm-hmm. or, whatever. or yeah I think That's a great class Or whatever Or yeah or whatever Or you see him at the class And you think oh man fuck, they're Fucking well good at locking I want to go to that class yeah. By yeah. P-Lock or whoever Like I, like, I yeah. just think like Rather than having people Just fucking have a go at it And be like Well we'll practice all year On our own We'll do like We'll do fucking locking terribly And then we'll go to an event And we'll see someone do it well And be like yeah They do it really well Fuck Like you know it's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah 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 I don't know yeah. It's kind just, of
1: limiting Yeah I, And I guess yeah. Sorry my my thing as well To to yeah, yeah. agree with you is that. If we take the example of like a battler, like every time you battled, you had to enter every style in the competition. You couldn't just do one style, right? Versus that, which is kind of the same thing, but in different contexts. The only difference is I believe that being able to do a style in air quotes is about being able to freestyle it. It's not about being able to do it. And we've also debated this one, but I don't think it's like being able to, there's like, and you can also weigh in, but like, I think there's commercial dancers that could kill a popping routine and look as good as a, or maybe pop-ins a bit different because you have to train the hit. Let's say lock-in. I know commercial dancers that if they were taught by a good locker, could smoke a lock-in routine. It's like you don't, and I've said this before and people agree or disagree with me, but it's like the technique can be taught move by move. So if you say this routine has to look like this and this move, do it more like this, do it more like this. But I think a large percentage of what makes up a style is how you choose to structure and put the stuff in together. Because it's like, if I go and just, and this, we see this with a lot of people, but if you, if I go and just link vocabulary together, I don't really have a knowledge of the style. If I do hip-hop and I go run it man, and then I do this one, and then I do this one for four counts each, do, can I do the style, or can I just link a bunch of moves together?
4: And do you disagree with that?
0: Um, wait, I want to say something I forgot. <laughs> wait, the, so what did you say again?
1: I said like a large percentage and more than the majority of being able to in air quotes, do a style when you're proficient in a style, it's about the choices that you make as a freestyler as opposed to like just being able to execute the moves in a routine format
0: but there's a difference with a group that is gonna just do a locking routine to do a locking routine and someone that is actually gonna like put like soul dance in it and like sure, I don't know like with, like when you get the essence of it, that's when you're gonna do well because if you do a locking, just do like the moves and like that's it, but like, so you don't think
2: freestyle is the like components being able to do the style or no not.
0: i i like i, I value both basically mm. i feel like there's just a thing of like choreography is undervalued for some reason i don't understand
1: but i think the reason choreography is undervalued in that context with the style because it's not about like like a choreography competition like uh maybe world of dance or something is not quite the same the same thing no but it's not because they don't have a requirement for styles so they just do choreography and choreography is a something that is like okay that's its own thing like if i look at tali's like orion's belt routine it's like i can look at the artistic integrity and the way she's choreographed on And that's its own thing. But if Tally did a locking routine, I'm like, okay, this is a freestyle style. And the way that it's made is as a freestyler. So if you're not, if, if I learned a locking routine from Tally, I'm not making any choices. I'm just doing what I'm told. And if she's a good teacher and teaches me locking well, or whoever is the locking teacher, it could be fucking Don Campbell lock, But if he teaches me the style and he teaches all the technique, I can repeat that routine 50 times in the exact same way. And it can be,
4: Sorry, so just to interrupt, sorry, yeah. how does do <laughs> like wait a minute. <laughs> how, a minute. How, does, how does your argument work in, in context of a choreography competition? Uh like if we're judging people on their street dance technique and they're doing it choreographically, yeah. like how are we judging them if they on their street dance ability if they're not think, freestanding it? Yeah, that's what that's my point. So I think you're saying you are, are you so saying it. that you cannot is you cannot effectively judge someone's ability to do the style in a choreography competition?
1: Um Almost, yeah. yeah. I think you can you can judge the like. To I think to a certain extent, to a lesser degree. Like if you watch if we watch Sophia do a locking routine as like with ten of them, or you watch Sophia do a locking battle or a locking freestyle, which one can you judge so more hot effectively? Hot take.
4: Hot take. I, I just disagree, man. I just feel like I feel like you're looking at it uh, from one aspect or maybe even holistically mm-hmm. without being able to look at different components of it right okay go on. so like if you're saying that like i agree with you in the te- in the sense that i feel like the most effective way to see if someone can do something or the most uh, uh holistic way to see if someone can do something is if they freestyle it right because okay. if we're looking at dance like a language yeah you've got like fr- like maybe three components Great right example of like vocabulary yeah right, which is your words right and then you've got um uh grammar which is your How uh, you composition yep. yeah and then you've got your posture which is your accent right Right. so then you put all those three together and you can speak the language and i guess
1: accent would be style like how you no, posture. You're, no as in in dance so like your your accent oh posturing you, yeah. you mean oh okay right Physical yeah,
4: yeah. you need to look the part right you need right. to sound yeah. the part right, right. so if you're if and you can but you can use those three things to uh speak something rehearsed mm-hmm. or have a conversation right and i think if you can speak something rehearsed like if you're doing a debate or you're doing a uh spoken word or something like this i think you can judge someone's ability to speak a language like if like sure. if you were to speak do a spoken word piece in french i'd say yeah speaks good french
1: it's like when you know when we're in school and you like the, they say they tell you like a well what did you do for your holidays and you just repeat the thing that you've practiced at home. me and my brother went to spain for my holidays <laughs> yeah. for my holidays i had a sandwich like it, it's
4: just but then i would say in the context of you're a conversation posture. yeah or well, i'd say in the context of a conversation you can't speak that language but in the context of of performance mm-hmm. you could speak the language so I, I like i don't think it's fair to say that you like you can't do a style unless you can only freestyle it
1: Okay, then maybe I, if that's what I said, that's not what I mean. Because I agree with everything you're saying. I just think it's it's a more effective way to judge with the freestyle. Uh,
4: that someone's uh, street dance ability.
1: Yeah. So it's the same is like if I'm judging, like you said, I think I agree with what you said. Like, you can judge them in a routine in the same way that you can judge someone doing a spoken word in French. but. It's like, let's, what's a more effective way to judge? How well can you speak French? Okay, just talk to me. Just say anything and ask them questions and get them, well, what about this? And if you can really structure your thing and talk about different things, and then you're like, okay, no, you can really speak French.
4: Yeah, well, then I would say you're distinguishing between your, uh, your, those three components, mm-hmm. right? Like the, your, your technical ability in the language and fluency.
1: Right, yeah. But would you, what, how would you weight those two? Because I think m- what I'm trying to say, and I, I don't know if I'm coming across right, is that the ability to repeat a pre-rehearsed f- paragraph in another language it, is not as Im- as important. It's like this to me, and being able to be fluent and conversational in it is like this to me. So if we're going to judge it properly, it's like, this is what I would weight higher than
4: this. For me, it's contextual. So like okay. like in life, for me, the, the fluency of being able to have a conversation is way more important. Okay. But I don't want to, like, my, like... For example, if you're singing a song or you're doing spoken word, I don't want my mum to do that because she, she doesn't have good delivery in that, right, in that sense. Right, right, so in right, that context, right. I don't want her to do that, but she speaks English brilliantly, right? That makes sense, okay. So it's like for me, it's just contextual. So it's like in that context of, of, uh, of choreographically, I want someone who can bang choreo who can look the part yeah. and who can execute the moves brilliantly. Mm. Like, I don't care if they can freestyle it because that's, that's not what the context requires. In yeah, a battle, I don't care if you can do routines with your partner if you're on your own and you mm. can only do set pieces. I want to know how you interpret the music. I want right. to know how you respond to the person. I want to mm. know how you perform to the room okay. and how you hold the space in a battle context. So for me, it's all contextual.
1: Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I think, but then would you say that they're equal Contexts in the because i think what i'm saying is that with the battle styles like locking pop like choreography is that arena so also kind of i don't care if you can freestyle as a choreographer like you know what i mean i'm like okay but the whole point is that i'm here for a choreography workshop so don't just freestyle your solo at the end like Mm. do the choreo (laughs) whereas in that sense i think that i think maybe what i'm waiting also like this now that you've said that is that the context i'm waiting like that I think the context is more important. External of the competitions. I think. Oh, okay. Just If you're saying I'm a locker and I'm like, okay, well, where do you do lock-in? Oh, in HHI. Then I'm like, eh. And then if you're like, I'm a locker, where are you a locker? Oh, I freestyle it and I battle and I'm quite successful. Oh, okay. Because you're able to do it this. And I think that context is like, yeah, cool. But it, the way the style is, is evolved and where it comes from and the whole structure of the style, it more is a freestyle style. Whereas like tally type of choreography is more of a set movement kind of thing
4: so are you asking me which context i prefer
1: uh is there one that you think is more important or do you think they're kind of equal and it's just like well if you can do that cool if you can do that cool or is there one that's more like if you're external to the competition context? Yeah. oh then
4: then again it depends on what goals you want so if it's mm. like if it's like uh to um uh, perpetuate the. the the um behaviors in the culture it's mm-hmm. inarguable that battle culture and freestyle culture is the most important okay it's inarguable right. but if you're talking about promoting it to a wider audience to increase funding to to um enjoy it in different contexts to make it more palatable to different audiences then choreographically that might be more important yeah not everyone, yeah way more not everyone understands the idea of how to judge something subjective objectively in mm. context of a battle right because mm. you can you can like when you We've talked about this before loads. That when you you open up the Olympics, and I watched, I was in Blackpool the other day. Open up, I see rowing. I'm like, all right, whoever gets to the end first wins. Yeah, I completely understand it. You slap on breaking, and you're like, all right, so what's going on? Mm. Like, what's happening? But in a choreography competition, you pretty much know, like, oh, that person didn't. Oh, that person fucked up. Yeah, yeah, fell over. Oh, they've yeah. Okay, well, they didn't fall over. They're probably better.
1: Yeah, everyone's doing everything at the same time, and it looks good. That probably means
4: it's it's more It's a more palatable way of consuming dance for people Mm. that don't. Um, that aren't familiar with it so
1: I think this is kind of in line with what Sophia was saying so you would maybe agree with that where it's a good let's say these type of things are a good (laughs) entry point like they're great for gaining more people more like yeah fantastic giving more uh, access to the general public and then let's say out of a thousand people at HHI if 10 of them become high-level lockers then it's like cool you know what i mean like it's because yeah,
4: like- you take them lockers they'll go out and they'll go do the battle thing and then what they might do is they might then go and choreograph a set of like 10 people each and then mm. that's another thousand people 100 people i oh, work oh, that math is oh, that they're, they're getting involved in again and they're going to go and spread and whatever and it just it constantly grows like that
3: mm.
4: so it's like it's like it, again it's inarguable that the, the battle scene the freestyle circuit of, of of all street dance styles is where the the, the scene grows and mm. it's where it all, it all grows out from there Right. of course it's the best but we know that it's esoteric right which means that it's kind of if you don't know about it you wouldn't you won't know about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: it's very inaccessible yeah. to the general exactly mm.
4: right so but then you need stuff that's palatable as well because we always complain about the lack of money or funding or <laughs> opportunities right mm. but then these places they provide that because look how many how many people were there in the audience a I bunch
3: mean, i don't
0: know like many thousands i guess
4: right there's like what maybe three upstyles events that have that in 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 the year right that are of audiences that aren't dancers mm. right for a uh, battle events but you get that all the time man like mm hhi udo bdo whatever there's just hundreds thousands of people at all these th- these world final events where people just go and watch it they're on tv shows whatever yeah. networks all this stuff and it's like it's just accessible
1: yeah and i think um sophia's so happy because this is like <laughs> like when we were debating before it's like there was you did she didn't have you to do that um <laughs> um i think what's also uh an important point is like yeah. the more especially these things are huge right so like um got to dance fucking America's Got Talent or whatever the shit. It's all huge, right? HHI is huge. If we, as a small underground scene, reject these things and say we're having nothing to do with them, and I think this is maybe a good segue to UDO, Mm -hmm. but, like, if we reject them and say we're having nothing to do with them, they're going to go and carry on anyway because the money's there and and whatever, you know. And this massive access point is going to be, like, underutilized. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if we say, all right, like, hey, listen, can we have a conversation? Can we, like, you know, if there are things that we disagree, and we were talking about, because Severe was saying to me, well, if they're so, like, if, because my opinion was like, I didn't really love HHI. Um, but, like, if they're so, like, people don't like them or whatever, how come Don Campbell there every year? How come Buddhist stretch is there? How come these people are there? The is. Thank you. That was my first re- reply. But, okay. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. No. But,
1: yeah. But I think also, the thing that's another thing is was like if they go there and care at least there's some people who are actually from the culture being involved in it and maybe there's a bit more however i do think it's more than money but um yeah maybe that's more of it and i think that we've seen that happen with udo where a lot of people have blasted udo over the years but then there are a certain like bunch of people who i think are still there now who were like no we're gonna go in and have conversations and, and like you judge for udo and it's like anything that we disagree with, we're going to have conversations. We're going to try and put good people in these judges seats and in the structure of the organization so that we feel like it is represented. And then we can all work together. You want to have this big organization and also make money and do all these things. We want something big to draw people into our culture. Let's work. Like we wouldn't fucking have, and and I've been critical of HHR and UDO before. So, you know, not to say that, that there's nothing to criticize of them, but it's that we wouldn't have people like Harry, like Harry, um mm. dirty harry for people that, that don't know um attributes the majority of his his involvement in the scene and success to UDO yeah. he's like I wouldn't be me and I wouldn't be here obviously he's trained with a lot of great people he's in monsters he's he's had good mentors and stuff since joining the adult scene mm. but he will say to you and he will say it publicly that he's like I wouldn't be here without UDO like yeah. I I owe a lot of my dance career and my life to UDO yeah. so and that's someone who's like an integral part of the pop-in scene, you know? It's like, the scene wouldn't be, and not to like put it all on Harry, there are other people, but like, the scene wouldn't be the scene without Harry. He's contributed loads, you know what I mean? And he's raised the level in certain places. He's added stuff that, that fucking Cobra fucking thing, everyone does it now. It's like, he's added stuff and it's like all of that came because UDO was there and because, for however it happened, UDO guided him in the right way to have him find the battle scene and get in. And of course, that's not going to be the majority, but- if those signposts are in the right place we do end up with a richer underground scene than before yeah um I can't remember whose point I was responding to but I just went on a little tirade about Harry hello mate you got a roll
2: soon yeah well yeah (laughs) was that the tap (laughs) uh no it was just uh, hey look at the time
1: and then do with it what you will yeah I mean you can also like roll when you need to roll and we'll um continue continue in that case sorry for interrupting Continue. no sorry, right, mate. um were you gonna cuss me out about something
0: mm. you had that
1: <laughs> you had that sophia look i was but
0: <laughs> yeah no it's fine I, I don't remember what you said like no. you said something about <sighs> i don't remember it's fine it's all right if it comes back to you yeah pass yeah,
1: yeah. me later it's gone. um so on that note mr head judge of udo worlds how was it in general?
4: Jeez. It was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. Because you, you, you were like beaming after. You like
1: I actually had a great time. It was sick.
4: Yeah, it was amazing. I I fucking loved it.
1: What what is that in comparison to other UDOs? I am Should gonna go. Sorry.
2: Well, let's let's
4: say goodbye quickly.
2: And we're back.
1: Tally had to leave. And um, you guys don't know what just happened because for you, that was a seamless cut. (laughs) Tally left. There was no drama. She just left. And then we just sat down and carried on recording the pod. You don't know the stress that we just went through. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: We had a bit of technical difficulties and we almost (laughs) lost the entire first half of the pod, (laughs) to be honest with you. And then this guy right here saved the day. Because there's no, there's no calm days when you work with technology. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, Tally had to leave. We almost lost the whole first half of the podcast, first three quarters of the podcast. And uh, Lee fixed it and Tally left. And um, yeah, that's basically an update of what happened in that clap that just happened there. Um, fucking hell, my blood pressure is through the roof. Um <laughs> How was UDO? <laughs> so you had a good time at UDO was the point that we were trying to make before this all happened. Yeah. God, the edit on this is going to be <laughs> gone. <on. laughs>
4: no, it was sick. A, it was amazing.
1: What? Uh, yeah, so you said that you had a great time. Yeah. Is that in uh, relation to other UDOs that you've judged? Is it like, oh, this one was just way better because it's Worlds? Or was it, what made it so good? What made you have such a good time?
4: I think there's a lot of things. So like, I, I mean, I've done, that's my, my thing. Third worlds for UDR, okay. third or fourth. Where worlds was worlds by the way? Blackpool. Okay, no fourth one. Yeah, so I've done two in Blackpool now and two in Scotland. So that was my fourth one for for UDR. I don't know what event I'm on now, um, and and I had to stop working them for a little while during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. There was some personal reasons, some uh, professional reasons, professional reasons why I couldn't as well. Yeah. And then and I came back this year. Um, I did an event up in Stoke, and then that was cool. And then this was the this is the second one I've done this year. And it just was amazing. So it was their 20th anniversary. It was their first live event back uh, since before the pandemic. Nice. Um, and it was just fantastic, man. Like, I mean, I think because of the position I'm in there as well. So I'm one of the head judges of the event. So I, I kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I have a... Uh, obviously some responsibilities and I'm, I'm required to kind of look after a few things and whatever. But it also means that I've been there for a little while I'm very comfortable with the people that uh, that run the event yeah. that from uh, top down and that are participating in the event, like judges or whatever. And and then I'm familiar with obviously a lot of the dancers that go there as well, right? Yeah. So I feel very comfortable when I'm there. Um, like they like me because I, I fucking work my ass off. I like them because like, it's easy to work with them all. And it's just a cool event in it. And then obviously... I know that the guys throughout the event give a shit about what we were talking about before about contributing to the street dance scene, right? Whether they do it in a way that I would do it is a different thing, but Mm -hmm. I'm not the one with a fucking multi-million pound company, right? Sure. And
1: everybody, I guess, like I always say this about the pod, but it's like everyone contributes in their own way. So if you're contributing, you're contributing.
4: Right. And it's like it's not going to be perfect, but the, like no one company is going to be the the mecca of of, of contribution for a the culture. street scene, right? Yeah. yeah, or a culture, right? So you're going to have different things. They're going to do it in their own way. HHI, Red Bull, Adidas, Nike, whoever else. They're all Olympics. They're all going to contribute in their own way. And I love I love the way that UDO do it at the moment. Like right? mm. it's very good. And so there was a uh, so there was a four day event from Thursday to Sunday and on the saturday i was uh, this was kind of like a peak moment of the event for me was um i'd already judged a, a couple days or three days or whatever um then on the saturday we're, we're required to do our judge demos mm. so we like we go in the I main saw hall. you
1: shaking your ass to some uk garage mm. looking like flames
4: mm. so like and it's it's cool right because you have, basically you have a whole day there and they've got like I think they've got four big rooms that they do everything in and they've got a couple of rooms where they do like um, workshops in throughout the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. And so we go in the main room and they do this whole opening ceremony of like, oh, here's everyone, blah, blah, and whatever, blah, blah. And then they do the judge demos. I think, that, yeah, I think that was on the same day, maybe not. But they do the judge demos and so we all do our demos um, and it was amazing. Like, And I'll tell you what was really cool. I don't know, is was being on stage we do the whole demos and then the whole arena i mean there's what a few thousand people in there and you've got a couple of the hosts there that are fucking sick like Dwayne or whatever yeah. and they they light up the room everything's going on everyone's waving their flags for their country and all the judges are like just buzzing around stage just jump into the music whatever djs are playing and there was a moment where i just kind of just stopped i just stood in the middle of the stage where all this madness was happening around and i was like fuck like the last like two years, we've all just been fucking stuck in our homes, like trying to fucking live life and trying to get ways around it and be on this new normal, whatever, watching the world fall apart. And it's like, there's just thousands of people in this room right now buzzing because they all enjoy the same thing.
1: Yeah. I think you kind of felt that with uh, HHI, right? Yeah. Like
4: same that. thing, right? Yeah. Is it like, and you just like, there's nothing like being, I mean, you get it when you go to concerts, like festivals, whatever. There's nothing like being in a room with just thousands of people and. You're just, you're all there feeling each other's energy. And it's, it's like, you just feel like goose, you get goosebumps, mm. you feel buzzing, you're like, and it's just like, you have this like euphoric moment of like, fuck, this is cool, man. Yeah,
1: man. And I think there's like, I don't know, especially because a lot of our, a lot of the scene in terms of percentage of how much we experience, a lot of it is on social media because it's like- yeah. Eighty percent of the time, we're at home, so or, or doing work or whatever. So we're experiencing people's videos, like yeah. all that shit through our phones, and just because of the way social media is, and I guess the way people are, there's a lot of negative shit and arguments and this and that. Yeah. But like, I, I and I wrote about this on my um, Insta story a while back. But I was like, I was at Kieran's um, like uh, jam festival for the whole week. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like when I'm away from the scene and on social media more than I am in real life, um, just for an extended period or I'm busy or whatever. I start feeling really negative about everything. Yes, like I start dated. feeling, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, just like the scene's not great. And oh, now and then there's this and then there's this and there's this issue. And then uh, this person doesn't like me. I don't like this person. I'm just thinking about all that stuff. And when I'm in the scene and I'm out and about and I'm going to events, 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 and I'm doing, even if I'm working or I'm battling or whatever, I get this like fucking like exactly like you said this almost a euphoric feeling of like, fuck, I love this scene, man. Yeah. Like you're just like around everyone and all the people you're around are sick. And like you're going to like, I don't know, like breaking battles and you're watching them. And then you're seeing people that you haven't seen in ages. And you're like, oh, I knew this guy. Like if you think about it, you're like, I know this person for like fucking 15 years. And then you're like, oh, I just met this person last week, but they're really cool. And it's like you experience all the best shit in real life yeah. and you very like, yes, there's a lot to be said for social media, like giving you access when you otherwise couldn't. And there's a lot to be, there's a lot of good points, but you don't often experience the best shit through social media. You experience it in real life, like the the Mm. culture, the feeling of it. the Yeah. Just like having a bunch of people in the same room that like the same shit that you do.
4: It's amazing, man. And like, and, and so in the venue in the Blackpool, we have these parties every night as well. And it's real cool because so it's like I mean you've got like all the competitors and the the families and whatever and the staff there as well and it's like you got all the kids there ciphering and they put this old music for us old timers we're all jamming <laughs> doing about the bloody electric slide or whatever it yeah. is and it's like I don't know you just have you have the whole weekend where it's like you just go around and you just you get to in- interact with people like a total workshop on the Sunday Sick. which was kind of cool um, and it's like you have, just have like a bunch of people turn up to your workshop that you just wouldn't assume like my I was teaching popping intermediate yeah I just there was maybe like one kid there who I, I recognized as a popper. The rest were just this dance schools that just wanted to come and learn popping. I mm.
1: like, Do they pay extra for the workshops or is input included?
4: Uh, I think it's included. I think they only pay extra if you set one up. So like Harry had, uh, I think Harry taught three workshops maybe mm. or th- two or three, but one of them was like a, uh, an extra one where you he pay, said, I
1: want to just put it on. Yeah, and, and
4: you, and you pay and then like Marlon swoosh, like had one as well. And then, and right. then Bybar. Yep. yeah yeah he had a couple of people a few people like that oh, okay. um but yeah my, my mom was part of my contract to go and teach that which is like right. so like that's like what we're talking about hhi in terms of promoting it the reason i mm-hmm. brought that up was because part of the event or weekend is they they have all day every day they have uh workshops that in each room the the hosts um are required to promote so people go and they they take these workshops part of the events so it's like there's always something happening where you're learning something from a specialist or mm. you're you're engaging with a specialist and, and it's like and on top of that, the dancers were crazy. It was it was amazing. Like sick. The, they obviously have different categories, obviously, and and everyone was like each category is pretty pretty fucking cool. I didn't get to see any of the duos or solos. I only judged teams the whole weekend. Right. Um. And then one of the event, one of the ones I judged was called Ultimate Advance. So it's where the crews they win, uh, ten grand if they, if they win. That's um, crazy. Which is pretty cool, guys. Why do we not enter UDO? <laughs> I, was, I was like, yo, turbulence would slap. Would it? Yeah, would yeah. Would it yeah. actually mark well? It would mark, there's only, uh, it's only one um, category that it would mark Paulian. What's the, that? Uh, Stagecraft. Because they, uh. they wouldn't, uh, which, it, which uh, takes into account um, things like uh, how you, well you put your music together. Um, your costumes and how well you use your your stage Mm. so even though your intention was to not use to not use the the stage and to bring the focus in unless you have a judge that's aware of that or is can pick up on that they would mark it down because you didn't move yeah because
1: that's I guess that's maybe going back to the judging thing is like which I guess is a bit more in like structured styles is a bit different but you know when you choose to break the rules in order to make a point which artists do a lot is is there a way to judge that fairly you know what I
4: mean well I think that I think the point of that is if you choose to break the rules to prove a point you've broken th- the rules but then you're yeah you're <laughs> not going to get rewarded by the the rules that were set in place exactly right so it's like that's the one thing where it would score poorly on um yeah that, that's why
1: it's like yeah that would yeah Sorry. but yeah
4: it would I think it would slap but it's like but then there are, it's like so there were two teams that were ranked first and second. So there were um I can't remember the name it was a Thailand group so similar to Ving but it was a locking group and I think it was like stop and lock or something like this I can't remember the name of it, but it was a, 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 a locking group from Thailand. They won. And then the g- group nice. that came second was IMD. Okay. And what was... Thailand are sweeping up. Thailand, yeah, Thailand is sick. I tell you what, man. So the, I judged them for the quarterfinals. So the way it worked was there was quarter semis and finals. And each crew uh, could choose whether to do both the quarters and the semis or just do the semis. So the way it worked is that you dance on the Friday... Mm-hmm. and uh, out of all the crews, let's say there's 12, they pick a top three. Those top three fast track to the Sunday, right? Okay. And then the rest get the, the opportunity to dance again on the Saturday to qualify again. Or, and, but you don't have to do the Friday. What you can do is just skip the Friday, go straight to the Saturday and try and qualify there. And IMD did that, which I thought tactically was a good uh, move because of the way that they do their sets. If you haven't seen them, it's just 100% energy for two minutes. And if they hadn't got through on the Friday, trying to dance for the Saturday and the Sunday with their set would have been a nightmare. Mm. Like, like you've had people pass out for sure. Interesting. Um, but there, there was a locking group that did it on the Friday. And when I judged them on the Friday, we had uh, six criteria. So street arts technique, execution, uh, creativity, performance, stagecraft, and judges opinion. It was very difficult not to give them tens across the board.
1: Mm. Who's Jeez?
4: This Thailand group. Oh, wow. They were unbelievable like i'm talking immaculate sick like the like how everything tends across the board it was very hard to mark them down
1: you're like looking for for faults like well that guy's i mean his beard is not
4: (laughs) (laughs) i was being like hypercritical but but uh, like partly because they were so good but also partly because there was 10 grand on the line yeah so i was being i was being like all right cool so everyone that's participating obviously everyone i judge harshly anyway but everyone that's involved in this you're getting it from me, like, mm, like, yeah. like. You have, like, I, I want the people that walk away with ten grand to be, be like, there's you no fucking earned it. Yeah, there's and there's no ambiguity of yeah. why, like, right. they absolutely earned it. Um, yeah, it was quite, yeah, it was very, it was interesting how the other teams scored on the on the final day because it was a different set of judges for each three days, mm. nice. um, which is a
1: good way of um doing fairness. Actually, saying that, yeah. that's like maybe some of this we could learn from for the battle scene because it's like, imagine if you had a battle where, like. Because sometimes we see it as a weird thing if like the person that judges the prelim isn't the person that judges the battles. Yeah. But maybe that's better. Maybe I, yeah. almost What if it was that every round was a different judge? Like uh, quarterfinals, semifinals and finals, the judges rotated.
4: Well, the only thing I'd, I, yeah, I think the only problem I, I don't, I see with that, which I think you should account for by having the other judges that different rounds present is a repetition of moves. Ah, uh, okay. Right, mm-hmm. so like, you need to, because you need to be an academic in that sense, right? So we're talking about with Kev Renegade last night um, at his place that, for example, if you're judging battles um, or choreo, for example, because there was a lot of crews that looked like, um, uh, that, that took from Paris Gobel. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah. A lot. And obviously she took from certain aspects as well, right? But there was a lot that looked like her. Yeah. And if you're, if you're not privy to that stuff, then you're not going to be able to mark things like creativity yeah. well. Yeah, because you think something's
1: creative when it's actually just stolen
4: right so uh, but yeah in the terms of the battle scene not like having a different judge i think it'd be good because if you've got the same system the idea isn't that you want everyone to make the same decisions the mm-hmm. idea is that you want them to be uh, uh, clear about why they've made the decisions so there's transparency for the dancers mm-hmm. which is the most mm-hmm. important thing and that we're all talking from the same perspective because mm-hmm. like if you pick you say yeah man but i like the way that they dress and i'm like that's got fuck all to do with how they're dancing mm-hmm. and i'm like "But, but I unless like there's a costume." <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Category, right in which of case,
1: then you'd also be looking at your yeah. address.
4: stagecraft. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, right. So it's like, but yeah, I, so I, I, I actually think it's a good thing. So
1: maybe even like one judge that's consistent all the way through the battle, like a head judge, yeah. and then the two other judges rotate per round or something. That would be cool. So then if you get, if you imagine you win by three votes, like th- all three votes, you get through prelims, then. Quarters, semis, and finals, you get three votes every time. But the judges, the two judges are different every time. It's like, mm. you really have one. Like, because yeah. there's no, not necessarily like a bias or, yeah. But then it's like, you also have to hire like seven judges, but. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. Which studio you do that? Because we basically have a panel of uh, five judges and we have two on on rotation. Mm. So we have like that. So we, there's always like, we can do breaks for different categories. So we mm-hmm. can just keep it in there. I
1: also like the idea what Sophia said about that they have um, different judges based on different criteria. Yeah. So like, they have, like if they have performance and skill, you have judges that your job is don't look at anything else, but just judge the performance on every group.
4: That's Dizzy's method, isn't it? The Owl's, I don't know. owl's judging method. Oh, is that have, what they yeah, do? Yeah, I, I think I think Kev was telling me. Like, so it's like the, oh, in break-ins, they have that way someone judges on one aspect, one criteria, another person on this. So, yeah, same mm. thing. So that like, you've got, like your your sole job is to look for uh, composition or performativity yeah. or dynamics. Yeah. It or something
1: feels like, like it makes more sense because then there's less to consider and you can focus on one thing. I yeah.
4: think I think it's a cool thing to do. Like uh, Yeah, I think like, yeah i, feel like, I, um,
1: I think yeah. i'd be way happier with that like as a dancer because if i if i um you know let's say i lose a battle and then i go to you and i'm like well why did i lose and you're like well my job was to judge composition compositionally i gave you like an eight or nine so it's not that and then i go to the next one and it's like oh well you know you're Whatever the thing might be, your technique and thing. And, and I know because I'm a specialist hired only to look at technique, and your popping technique is a bit yeah. trash. Even though you're, because I think, sorry to, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
1: like, I think sometimes, let's say in battles, and I think I use this to my advantage where my structure, my presentation, name of my workshop, if you want to come, um, those type of things are way stronger than like the depth of my vocabulary, the depth of my technique. Yeah. And I get away with a lot because I, present what i can do very well yeah right and it might even be more fair is if you separated that so that i couldn't override that and then the technique judge goes yeah well great on that and the, the technique the structure and the presentation judges give you tens but i'm only here to look at your technique and no matter how well it was uh executed you use one walkout the entire time and nothing else you know what i mean and your yeah, hits yeah. are messy and whatever and it's like that nah, damn fair you got me you know?
4: yeah and I, yeah i think the what the the kind of the most obvious uh, deficiency with that is that you're limited to the amount of um, uh, set of values that you can judge based on the judges that you've got available. Uh. Right? So if you've only got, if you can only afford five judges, then you've only got those judges judging on five things. Mm. Whereas like if you look at like the threefold or trivium system, there's about there's like a set of 15 values. Mm, so so like, you're
1: not going to be able to cut, unless even would, rather than everyone judging on 15 values, would it not make sense to like, eat, uh, let's say each judge... Judges on three. That's still better than 50, no? Yeah, I don't know, actually. So like, double yeah, or triple up?
4: Yeah, I really don't know. Yeah, yeah. I am poor about it. I mean, it's interesting. It. I, I assume, naturally, it would cut out a lot of noise and and confusion, certain things, and that... Because, yeah. But I, I guess, yeah. I guess, and I yeah, guess if you... Say
1: someone like you where Like, let's say, uh, for UDO, you judged across all the categories. So yeah. you are competent to be able to judge across all these categories but if i said to you don't worry about what you can do or any of them but for this one i'm going to give you competi- uh, composition stagecraft and cleanliness for example yeah and it doesn't have to be you're a specialist but all the judges are competent across all the things which you would you would hope and then what we just assign you certain ones and that might even rotate so that you're not judging composition the whole day you're judging different things in different places, so that there's a bit oh, more mix yeah. up and fair fairness.
4: Well, I actually taught uh, a workshop. That's part of how I taught my workshop there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so I, I basically what well, I because I and pop and intermediate, but I noticed that over the weekend, so I kind of like structured it based on what I I saw kind of deficient over the weekend. Okay, cool. And one of the Smart things, teacher. W- thanks. <laughs> and one of the things that um I so I set basically I set up the structure of the lesson beforehand, uh-huh. and then I I just knew that I could pick the deficient ones and then just focus on that. So the structure of the workshop was to do a warm up with technique. Right, and just fix uh, posture and mm-hmm. movement or whatever. Um, and then what I, was, uh, what I did was uh, uh, set up a, a little judging thing. So we have like, I split the dancers into th- groups of three mm-hmm. and I would have A, B and C. Um, so they all get a, uh, go at battling each other. So then A and B would dance and C would judge mm-hmm. and then they rotate and they do this. So I got them to do a couple rounds of that um, and then uh, just get them to make the decisions. Um, and then after a couple of rounds, just go around and ask a few people, why'd you pick, who'd you pick and why? And they say that, blah, blah, and this, cool. And then I say, cool, all right, for the next one, you're only looking at composition. Mm -hmm. And then I explain to them what composition is and then get them to explain it back to me so they know.
1: Based on the criteria that they were being judged on in the competition?
4: No, it's just based on the deficiency that I saw of them. So like a lot of them couldn't piece their rounds together properly.
1: Sorry, no, but I mean like when you say composition, like those things that you were saying, like look at composition or whatever, it might be that they're deficient at it, but you're thinking you're about to be judged on these seven. So out of these seven, what one are you weak at?
4: Yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm not right. talking, yeah, I'm not talking about specifically for choreo, but for just for these dancers being able to structure their rounds because a lot of them sure. will do solos as well, right? Yeah. Solos, duos, whatever. Well, so where they'll, and they'll come in with, a lot of them can't freestyle. So they'll come in with pre-choreographed stuff. Yes, yes. Um, but if they do freestyle, it's, uh, they don't understand phrasing. They don't yeah. understand um, intention of movement or anything like this or how to structure a round. So I say, okay, cool. So now you're going to judge on composition. So basically, does what the person's do, uh, uh, doing make any sense? Mm. So do move, does one move follow one nicely from another? Are they going from this shape to this shape to this shape to this shape? Or are they going from here to this yeah. to this and just making kind of all these random movements that don't mean anything? I think in
1: theater, it's um, dra- dramaturgy. Dramaturgy. Would be the, um, the name of that. It's like uh, the narrative structure of the right. piece. Yeah. So like a dramaturg is someone who would literally, like their job is to come in and be like, Right, great dance piece or acting piece or whatever. But like, so let's say in dance, it's like right. they come in and like, especially for like the longer one-hour piece and stuff that really need structure. Where you know, a five-minute right. piece doesn't really need it. But you come in and you say, right, great piece, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Like, this mm-hmm. needs to be this. Your your intro doesn't fit with that. This doesn't link to that. Can we rearrange this? Can we make it extend that by a few couple of minutes? In my in my experience, this is kind of what a dramaturg does.
4: Right. But yeah. Kind of yeah. Similar. So it's pretty much that, and then we just I picked a couple more things, and then we and then. One of the things I noticed was okay, cool. So like, uh, it was like one of the things where I judged them on was vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Right, so cool. Like, can you fucking do anything? Yeah. And then they couldn't. So it was like okay, cool. So now like, let's stop the whole judge thing and let's go back to the kind of the exercises we we're doing before, and we'll build your vocabulary. Sick. So we will build on the stuff we did before. Nice. And then was, so stuff like this. But yeah, that was fucking one of the things I judged them on was pretty cool. But yeah, I like that. So it's it fun. It was uh, it was very. But yeah, overall, it was very fun. Met a lot of dancers. Had a good time. It Beautiful. was yeah, just super fun
1: so did you get drunk
4: i no i uh i had uh three ciders each night did you for two nights <gasps>
1: that is that is an excessive amount of drinking for you these yeah, days
4: yeah 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 three was,
1: ciders each night for two nights
4: i had six ciders in total
1: that to be fair Where did you feel it a bit
4: i don't know maybe i felt i'll tell you what i felt relaxed
1: yeah but yeah, you weren't yeah. like feeling like oh because it also depends no. on how much you've eaten and the day you've had oh I had was.
4: a lot to eat as well. I made sure I lined up my stomach yeah. nicely
1: yeah me and you do not be drinking that much to be honest no no not these days
4: no I can't, I can't no and the thing is it's like <laughs> not
1: after our past
4: <laughs> not only am I around like children true so I don't want to be wasted <laughs> right and um, then they're like,
1: can you tell me why we lost today? Uh, this is the thing. The thing, the thing is, uh, <laughs> blah, Mummy, what's wrong with that guy? Stay away from us. Yeah.
4: Um, but then also, I take my job very seriously. Yeah. So, like, I want to make sure that I can get up early and, and go to work and just be, yeah. and be present. Because it's like when you're walking around this whole environment, like, you're on, you're, you're, on. You're, you're on job from the moment you leave your hotel because everyone in Blackpool is, is like around there and like you walk from the venue to your hotel. You're seeing people that are like, oh, hey Ricochet, blah blah, yeah, blah, 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 yeah, hey judge, yeah. oh hi, give me a high five, whatever, and so you're, you're on, from the second you leave your room, you're kind of on job, like, on the idea of, like, I'm going to be around, people are going to see me, and I'm wearing a t-shirt and the, the lanyard or whatever, so people are going to associate whatever I do with this place, yeah. so I have to be and I'm always like, alright, when I'm there, I'm alert, I'm happy, I'm like, yeah, yeah, just yeah, this bumping kids or whatever, and so it's like, it's always the, yeah, so, yeah, I, I didn't get, I didn't get wasted.
1: Fair play, fair play, mate. Um, Yeah, I was going to, well, I mean, let's, let's wrap on this, but like, I was going to ask you, like, how, um, how do you feel? Because we went to, for context, nice, we went to HHI in Vegas in 2009 and 10. Yep. Wow. Um, Yeah, we're old people. Old men How old were you when that (laughs)
0: happened? Uh, Nine years
1: old. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) And. Wow, man. Yeah, I mean, we saw a lot of like, we were taking it like a serious, like, we were fucking ciphering and meeting people and stuff. It was uh, amazing. We saw Poppin see there before he was like even big. He was just a kid. He was good still, but he was a kid. Oh, no, he's very good, yeah. Um, he's great. Because I think he's younger than us. Um, stop it. Um, <laughs> so we, um, yeah, I was going to say like, how do you feel like you, because obviously we were talking about Harry, but how do you feel like your Poppin journey was like influenced by going to these things? Do you think it was like, it gave you inspiration. It made you want to do it more. Because obviously you battled at in 2010. Nine. Battled yeah. in 2009. Not 10. You didn't do it in 10? No. When you battled the poriotics guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When was that? Nine. D- nine. And then 10 when we went with Cash? You didn't
4: battle? I don't think I got through. Really? Yeah. Fair. No. I battled in 10 because I didn't get through when in, uh, in nine. Because me and Abe, we, we, we tried and we didn't get through. And then in 10 I battled no i don't know no because no, I don't, I don't you
1: definitely battled the Par- yeah, Par- and that's a- when we met monster pop as well
4: yeah because he was know, there man. anyway at some point yeah well, well,
1: well. so you did the battles we met people like Poppin' C. we met monster pop there um there was like uh boogaloo sam was there pete was there one of the years um yeah stuff like that but like do you feel like it kind of did anything for you by being there as a as a freestyler absolutely,
4: absolutely man because like I mean, I I never went to class. Like it was just, it just wasn't for me in it. Like I just, I just didn't like that structured stuff because of the environment that we learned breaking in and and popping and hip hop, whatever in Watford. Like we would always have these freestyle open sessions. So it just, for me, it just wasn't the way forward to sit in a class and everyone took like, you have to move your arm like this. Yeah. Now I love it because it's like, it's a conditioning. Thing. Like you
1: didn't start in the class environment. You started in the break training environment, yeah. which was just open session. Which I
4: loved it. So anytime I would, yeah. like, it's very discursive. So you go in different places and learn from different people. And I loved any environment that facilitated that. And places like HHI were sick because you have just, it's they just take over a, an entire resort. So there's always something going on. And it was the, like the social aspect of it, right? So you go around, and then there's parties throughout the entire night, most nights, and everyone's playing guitars or pianos. People getting drunk, people like dancing, just having a laugh, and you get to chill with people and and learn things from people that you wouldn't normally see. So and, and I like I always feel like uh, this is why I love platforms like Twitch, and that you get to see people doing their practice or even just watching training videos of people. Um, it's because when you someone sets up a class, they'll they'll set out very clearly what it is you're going to learn. You might have a couple of nice little gems from people asking questions or whatever or something random happening. But mostly, you know, like, this is what I'm going to learn in the class and that's what they've asked me to learn. Or, or that's what they set out for me to learn. But when you go into an environment where you've got people just floating around everywhere and you can, you have access to the, like, some of the experts in your scene. Like, we meet? I saw Boogaloo Sam outside, just yeah. selling t-shirts <laughs> and you see, like, You see b-boys everywhere and lockers everywhere and it's like you could just have access to these people like as as from our age and or our level in that i can't imagine any other profession or many other professions where you get to do that and when you go and have conversations with people who are experts when they're talking about things and when they're comfortable with you they'll just give you loads of information about your dance about dance in general about their experiences that are that are really helpful and they don't even realise they're giving it to you. They'll yeah, give they you just these little, yeah, they're just talking. They're like, yeah, man, yeah, because I like when I was with this guy and they told me this thing and it was really good and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's just super helpful. So for me, like being in environments like those competitions and you feel a little bit special as well when you're a, when you're a specialist and you do a little thing yeah. like popping or whatever and you go and there's a bunch of courier heads and you can jump in a cypher and you can feel really good or whatever. You'd feel fucking great, man. Like, yeah, so I, yeah I love that shit, man.
1: So you would encourage Would you This is a question Would you encourage The young people That are coming into freestyle To try arenas like this Yeah
4: man Like try anything Like uh, uh, like, <laughs> Yeah try, <laughs> uh, Yeah like for real Try anything like try anything like that Because like, I mean that was That was my first experience Like the first competition I did was HHI
1: Oh yeah you did The UK one Yeah
4: so Yeah I did true
1: 2006
4: 2007
1: Are you sure Because When I first met you In MERS? Oh it was 2006 you You're right you were talking about it having happened. And then the when the first one I came to was when you beat Debo in the finals.
4: That was 2007, right? And I
1: think that was, because that was the first time I had like, ah, seen you yes. dance yeah, in yeah, life. Yeah. And, and then, but you had already been, when you and Mus battled.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I won the the under 18s in 2006. Yeah. And then I went back a year later, just because it was in Watford and I was from Watford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was around the corner. Yeah, it was literally in, in my town. It was literally down the road from the college. So I went from college to, I think that event or something, maybe that, I can't remember what it was, but Oh, yeah, I won that in 2006. Then a year later, I won the Adults in 2007. And I was like, okay, cool. And that, but then like that, like I met Debo that year. I met Mavericks. I met...
1: I met um, Popsy and Diva J there. Popsy. They were little fucking kids. And like, I yeah, was yeah, talking yeah, to their yeah. mum, do you remember? And they were just yes. like, <laughs> hello. They <were> the be- <laughs> Bruno
4: was there. And, like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. like, and it's like, there was... Immediately, I realised, oh, there's a there's a wider scene there, and there's more people. And then, obviously, because we were with uh, the the breakers that we were in Watford, they took us out to events, and we more, met more people there. But it was events like like HHI, and then I joined a choreo group, and which I think it was quite a thing at the time for UK heads to do was yes. we've all kind of had experiences in choreo groups. Like I joined a group called Alter Ego. Yep. And then they took me to a bunch of these types of like HHI, UDO, BDO events or street dance championships or whatever it is. Yeah. And I would always go there and do the solos and I would always do well. And it was always think like that. I feel special. I'd meet people and yeah. then their heads in the scene would recognize me. And we did toy box and we'd go and do other competitions. And again, I'd be the specialist there and I'd go and do stuff. And it was like. I don't know. For me, like, just as a, I'm just talking from a freestyler perspective, because battle for me was always the, the go-to. I loved it. But from that perspective, I would always encourage kids to do that. Mm. And if they can, learn choreo. Because the ability, like yep. for me, dance has been the best tool that i've ever come across you can't
1: be dying on commandos guys come
4: on jesus like, <laughs> you can't
1: be forgetting a, a, a one eight of choreo and you forgot the first <laughs> step it's like bro take a couple of classes please
4: jesus like, re, like and i really mean this like dance has been the best tool that i've ever come across to help me understand my uh, my own learning ability or my own learning rate and my own body like i can pick up most things physical really quickly now and i attribute that to dance like mm. and like going to classes and having to have a five ten minute warm-up and having to do a bloody minute routine in, in half an hour of, in movements that you've never done before, and then having to perform that to everyone else, and then having to forget that for the next class, and you're like, oh, whatever, and it's like, and doing that, and then all learning 8, 10, 15 minute, 20 minute, hour long sets, where you're like, okay, performing theatre shows, whatever, and that ability to retain that information, and learn, and, and pick apart movement was invaluable, man, and it's yeah. like, in battle context is invaluable so i can watch anyone battle now and i can immediately assess their dance and, and see where the deficiencies are and problem solve and how to fix that and then act it out immediately yeah and like the, like they're just there's so much man
1: yeah yeah i think in our in, back in our day the scene was a lot more integrated because it was a lot more s- small so then it's like if i want to dance five times in a in a month i have to do a choreo set I have to do this maybe there'll be one battle if I'm lucky like we had at one point when we started it was like three battles a year and one of those was UK champs which none of us were getting through in 18 you know Yeah. Um, actually no fuck you you did um, <laughs> um, but do you know what I mean it's like because the scene was smaller there's less options so you just kind of ended up doing stuff and it turned out to be a good thing because we got all these different which we just saw as dance but now you're like no I'm a battler why would I ever go to fucking base you know or like and it's like the more you do all these different things, they all bleed into each other and they're all helpful in other things. You know? Yeah.
4: So yeah. Big ups.
1: All that uh, Sophia's like,
0: oh, I was right. It's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just people have different opinions, but I think everything's valuable and like I just wish people would stop hating on stuff for, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But that's
1: always going to happen. Everyone, there's always been this thing for like, you know, since I can ever remember of like stuff, choreo people being like oh battles are stupid and then battle people being like oh choreo is stupid blah, blah blah and it's just and everyone just like and then choreo and battle heads are like oh theater is stupid and theater's like oh yeah it's just like yeah everybody that you know and it's not everybody of course like not all choreo dancers think battles are stupid a lot of our best battlers like brooks are fucking choreo head really yeah you yeah. know like he came from that so yeah. it's not the case that all oh, choreo and the people that do traverse across like end up being sick and like a lot of battle people that learn to choreograph like end up making some like fucking pro phenomenon and
4: oh, but you look like look just look at battle heads in the UK right like Sunny with Jukebox Juniors or Jukebox yeah. or whatever it was right and then you got um, Sean and Brooke right mm. with Plague and that lot like, of choreo heads and, and whoever else they were with then you got Nick as well who yep. did a uh, uh, um, Peridot. Peridot and Bird Gang which l- are a little
1: is a little known fact right. Nick was in the original Bird Game. I didn't know that. That's, that's Marvel, amazing,
4: right? And then breaks flawless. Yeah, right. yeah. Me, toy box, and whatever. And a- when I
1: first started in the scene, let's say two thousand and seven, our entire top tier of hip hop dancers in the battle scene in the UK were all choreo heads.
4: Swarf and all that. Lot. Yeah. Swarf,
1: yeah. uh, Kofi, Turbo, maybe Static's the only one.
4: Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Static was yeah, and was. maybe
1: Ricardo. Even though he did like crump and stuff, but he was a hip hop head when I first remember. Yeah. But like, um. Kemrick, Rhymes, Ivan. Yeah. Yeah. There was maybe Malcolm and Static who weren't like choreo heads. The, the rest were all choreo heads. And it's like, it built a lot of our scene. So sick. But yeah, I mean, there's always going to be people that are like, yeah, cause like I said, it's not everyone, but there's always going to be people that are like, the thing that I don't do is bad. And the thing that I do do is good until I do the thing that I don't do. And now that thing is good. Do do. Do doo <laughs> Um, all right, let's, uh, wrap it up let's wrap this up um thanks everyone for tuning in you don't know about all the technical difficulties we went through so i'm not going to thank you for bearing with us because i cut that bit out um but yeah thanks to lee for being here thank you tally for being here most of all she's invisible now um thanks so much for having me luke you're great you're actually the best podcast and um (laughs) thanks sophia for being here uh and thank you most of all to the East London dance team and the talent house where they have hosted us at. Uh, we will be back next week. Um, and, and for you guys
4: for watching and
1: thank you guys for watching and going to the link in our bio and donating to the capsule. Thanks so much guys. Wow. Oh, that's so nice of you. Wow. Thanks. Yes, money, this money. Um, all right. Anyway, I always make this rap too long. Um, That's why Jen always cuts me off with the fucking outro. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. See you next week.